everyone. Welcome to episode 20 of Mortally Wounded. I'm your host, Chris Welfare. And I'm your host, James Mabry. And we have and a special guest with us back again tonight. Matt Tyrrell. Matt Tyrrell, that's yeah, right. His, uh, the, the townsfolk have voted. They wanted the mayor of Dubbo back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he is on. He's back. He's <laughs> <laughs> giving me the night off from mayoral duties again. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's an election coming up, so you better, um, yeah, you got to get, yeah, get amongst the people a bit. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> nah, no so, kissing babies. Yeah, so we have got Matt on uh, this episode because we are talking all about feck, fleshy to courts. So this is the riches to rags story. And uh, yeah, we're going to just be talking all things in the fleshy to courts battle tome. Um, touch on the law a little bit and uh, then get into all the juicy allegiance abilities and go through a load of lists. Cool. And um, just to just sort of get the uh, hobby and uh, gaming juices flowing, um, just have a quick uh, like just touch on uh, where you're at with um, some hobby, whatever's on your table this week, and, um, yeah, any sort of games you might have been playing. Um, Matt, take us away. Um, yeah, so uh, games-wise, I haven't played any um... – I haven't, still really haven't played many games since CanCon, as as in 2000 sort of point games. But I did, uh, I had a day with uh, Jesse Perkins uh, Wednesday last week, I think it was, and we did some um, some of the new Path to Glory, uh, not Path to Glory, um, uh, uh, Skirmish, Skirmish. Oh, yeah, yeah um, and I, I played my Ideneth Deepkin and he played his, what was he playing? I think he was playing his... Um, uh, 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 what are they called? The orcs and goblins. So yeah, that was uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. The the new gloom spite stuff. But yeah, that was a bit of fun. We played played a few games. Um, uh, found out. No, oh, no, sorry. He played with daughters of Cain. He was going to play with what's the name, but yeah, completely different army. <laughs> it's kind of you're only playing a few models, so it's a bit hard to remember. Um, so we played that. Played a bit of a few games of that. That was a bit of fun. Just something different. Not competitive after. After the run up to CanCon, and then you know what yeah. CanCon was, so um, that's the only games I've played. I do plan on hopefully uh, this Wednesday, I'm gonna try and get a game in with the the new Flesh Eater Courts book. Um, Jesse's actually started; he started an army, so I'm gonna I'll take my Ideneth, my new Ideneth list, and I'll play give him some models, and he can hopefully build out a full list of Flesh Eater Courts. That way, we can both sort of see how they work. Um, as far as hobby goes, I've been currently just been uh, working on painting up my Odneth. Um, I just finished unit of 10 Thralls today and just got a, a hero to go and then I'm sort of keeping up with the, um, with the Heralds of War boys with their, their hashtag, the Herald. Yeah. yeah, with their um, painting um, painting thing so tale of hobby gamers or whatever it was hobby heralds that's it yep <laughs> so i'm um, just going to try and keep up with them because otherwise uh, with this new book flesh eaters coming out i've still got i've already got most of the models but there's a few that i still need to get so my my brain's already jumping around and i'm already <laughs> i'm already sort of jumping off Ideneth at the moment so i've got to I really got to stick to them and keep painting them. Otherwise, they're just going to get put on the back burner like everything else. So I want to finish, sort of finish, keep working on them, but also start working on my Flesh Eater Courts uh, list and army that I've got coming along. 
Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all the hobby I've been doing lately. I've sort of been a bit quiet on the hobby. I just uh, sort of relaxing a bit after CanCon. It's such yeah. a big event, a big event and big lead up. And then you just, I reckon the the following month at least you don't do anything. I, I find I yeah. just don't do anything. So um, yeah, yeah, so no, it's been good. Yeah, and that's uh, what I've been up to. How about you boys? But um, I just wanted to say, like, I, I did see um, those pictures you sent through of uh, your Ardneth. They look awesome with the orange and the blue for the tabards yeah. and the – yeah, they look sensational, man. And when you did the basing, finished the basing with the tufts and everything, like, just pulled it in together nicely, real sweet, man. Look, looks great. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I just tried to um, – because a lot of my armies like death and, like, obviously I'm big death player. There are a lot of, lot of dull colours. So this yeah. army I really wanted to go something – quite the opposite try and get something bright and you know on the table it really pops like your death armies on tables when you're playing they just blend in they don't look great but um yeah this army should really pop on the table and look awesome hopefully so yeah yeah what about you chris i know you've been up to um, a fair bit of building lately (laughs) yeah i've because i wasn't at cancon uh having a child so um congrats dude Thank you. Um, so yeah, he's he's doing good. So I've got a lot of time just sitting at home now. And um, yeah, the flesh eaters have really given me the bug. So I've just been kind of constantly building and just cracking on with stuff. So built the charnel throne. So that's oh, nice. uh, goes together nice. Um, I've heard that the Norhols for Skaven are a bit of a nightmare to build, but the charnel throne is uh, really nice for Fex. So I kind of built that in sub assemblies. The base is really easy to build without attaching to the stairs and stuff. So um, you can just pull it off and spray it separately. So I've yeah. kind of already just sprayed the throne bone color, like Xandru dust, and the same with the base because it's all kind of skeletons and skulls and stuff. And then all of the kind of staircase, I've just already sprayed with Mechanicus. Yeah. So um, I can kind of paint it in sub-assemblies and then just stick it together. So that should be coming along pretty quick. Um, it's a pretty cool-looking model too. I like it. Yeah, yeah it, looks, it. it looks great. I kind of think I might get a couple of them just for other bits of terrain and basing for big monsters and stuff like that it's quite it's quite a nice piece um the fact that it's all broken it's got different levels of height in it with the staircase and the platform and stuff like that so yeah yeah it's a really nice kit so um yeah i've put that together i've sprayed it so i'm gonna start painting it soon get some washers on it and just kind of get it going and otherwise yeah i've just been building some crypt horrors this afternoon um (laughs) so um they're kind of the last thing that plus all the ghouls. Um, well, the ghouls will be the last thing um, Go- I get. Ghouls are a pain. Yeah, they'll be the last thing I get through, and I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not going to build too many of them. Um, I'll probably just do the, the 30 for um, battle line. But um, I yeah. find their, their arms are the worst, trying to trying to get their arms to line up on their bodies, and they you just got to get the perfect angle, and then it ends up a smooth join. If they're not perfect, you get that raise, like a you see the join really bad around where the mm. arm sticks on. They're a pain in the ass. Okay. <laughs> the um, best little butt sniffers. But yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm just building them up because the rest of it, I kind of I've had the feck army sitting in a tray for a while now. So um, I just got some uh, got some more doing some trades with uh, Liam, and uh, I've got a load of um, basically all the flayers, and I've already got four of the big beasties um i already had six horrors so now i have 12 horrors oh, wow. one of one of each of the courtiers two vargolfs uh i got the new set so i got the arch regent um i want to get another arch regent but 
I think because he's only available in that set, I'm going to convert a Ghoul King I've got. I think I'm going to use the extra like mini wings that you get on the like Flayer Champions, and then I'll cut those bits down and I'll kind of just try and recreate the pose with a Ghoul King. Um, I'll use some of the Shattered Dominion basing. I think one of them is like a column, so I can do that same kind of pose with him off the column. Yeah. Um, so I'll have, yeah, two Arch Regents. But otherwise, yeah, I've got pretty much everything. Got four big monsters, probably about 80 to 100 ghouls. I've got <laughs> 12 horrors, 18 flayers, all the characters. So I can do pretty much any, <laughs> list, any list I want to do. So, um, wow. yeah, I'm just <laughs> just going to get it all assembled. And then I'm going to do a bit of a speed paint army with some Xenophils. I'm going to Xenophil highlight it all with spray cans. So I'll spray it all Mechanicus. Then I'll give it a spray with black from underneath and white from the top, about 45 degrees. Cool, to just, yeah. And then I'll um, I'll spray over the top of that with kind of like a necrotic flesh sort of color, like a slightly greeny flesh, I think, um, yeah. all over. And then, because I don't really care. I, don't, I know you might lose a bit of detail using, and some of the models are really painted, but I'm just going to go straight over the top. I don't really care. Um because they're going to be pretty crusty. Um, so I'm going to do that, um, add some flesh wash, kind of I'll make a custom one with a bit of gloss in there and some flesh flesh tone and some agrax and a um, bit of sepia maybe and just make a bit of a custom wash all over and then do some dry brush, do some dry brushing of flesh colour just to give a bit of layering. And then I think I'm going to use the, the smaller um, brown texture paint the basing texture paint yeah. um and i'm basically going to put some of that onto a dry brush and kind of stab that onto the like parts of them like around the mouths the hands the feet um kind of brush some chunky brown texture onto it and then that's where i'll go over the top of that with blood for the blood god yeah, so nice. it'll be really dark and kind of chunky bits of gore all over them <laughs> and yeah that'll be about it so that's my that's my plan for the army nice yeah, well, um, I've been, yeah, like much the same as you, um, Maddie. just after CanCon had a, almost like a, yeah, a bit of a hiatus sort of, but <laughs> I've, had, um, I've had Nagash going in the background uh, for a while now. So I've actually got to the stage where I'm ready to prime. So um, I just finished the touches on the, the basing. So I've got just put some graves on there, um, got a skeleton coming up, up out of one of the graves and some um, spirit hosts coming up on, out of another, just kind of, didn't want to overdo it though. Like I've put like put some sort of skulls in there and stuff as well, but I uh, didn't want to go too over the top with it. Um, so that's done, and I've put everything onto like super glue them onto little flying stands so they're ready to prime and, and paint that way. But um, I haven't really done this method before, <laughs> and so there's a few pieces where I just put on way too much super glue. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh shit! <laughs> I've, I've already like I've already had to like very carefully carve out. On like from the back of Nagash's head, and like his skull shoulder pad, just like I've had to kind of. Like, oh wow! Yeah, How much super glue did you use? And, uh, I used way too much. I don't know. <laughs> I was using that thick low cut, you know, the gel. Yeah. The gel stuff, which is awesome for like quick fixes, but um, it's because it's like a gel. It's like really thick, and it just like uh, yeah. Anyway, so it'll be yeah, fine. I think you're supposed to use the like super glue thin. Thin, yeah. I've, I've used a thin one then when I redid it. <laughs> it just it just snaps off. Um, yeah. 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 Are you following the are you following the Duncan video? Yeah, following the Duncan assemblies? video. So I'm learning as I go with that as well. Yeah, cool. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of hobby hobby side. Um, I've played one game since CanCon. That was um, last week. I played with um, Travis from from the Heralds. Um, yep. We had a game at Jolt Games, and yeah, he brought his beautiful uh, Chaos Stormcast army, which is running as Slaves to Darkness, and um, I brought a uh, just I just wanted to bring models that I hadn't had on the table for a while, and um, just have spells that didn't make sense with, I just didn't really care about synergies, didn't care about this. I was just like, okay, I want to try out these spells that I haven't used really used that much, like yeah. grief and um, spectral grasp and uh, soul harvest, those sorts of spells that I, I normally sort of try and go for the debuff spells, but um, thought I'd give them a run and then just took three units of six spirits and took Arkin and the Lord of Sacrament battalion. And um, yeah, just wanted to have a bit of fun with that. So we had a game, we played, we rolled up border war, and um, because I had the battalion, like for the first time, like in ages, I had the opportunity to pick, actually pick who has first turn. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm usually the guy that it's always got like fucking, you know, 13 drops or something like 12 yeah. drops and, you know, playing some guy, dude who's got all these battalions and yeah, all right, I'm, I'm deployed. <laughs> I find um, it better sometimes when they pick. It takes the stress off. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a bit stressful, and I was like, "Oh, what do I do?" And, and um, then I thought, "Oh, because I'm I'm always given the first turn. I'm just going to give Travis the first turn." That was my first mistake. And so <laughs> he was just like ran his guys forwards and got on those middle objectives and just started clocking out points, and it was just an uphill battle. Yeah, uh, from there onwards. But we had some really cool sort of moments, especially on the flanks. Um, the knights and the spirit hosts, and I actually took a couple of can wraiths in the list as well. Just because yeah. I hadn't hadn't, put a, hadn't seen a can wraith on the table for ages, um, but yeah, we had we had a blast. It was a really good game. Um, yeah, beautifully painted army. Um, Travis's top bloke. It was my first game um, I played with him. So yeah, thanks Travis for the game. Um, if you're listening, and if we would do one again soon, I've um, tweaked my list, list a little bit after that. So it's going to be a little bit more honed next time we play. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that's that's me for hobby and gaming recently. Um, yeah, shall we take a short break there and then come back and dive into what we're all here for? Yeah, sounds good. Stop me now. If you want to have a good time, just give me a call. Stop, stop me now. Because I'm having a good time. Stop, stop me yeah, now. Yeah, I'm having a good time. I don't want to stop at all. Okay, we're back from the break and uh, we're here to talk about the Flesh Eater Courts. Guys. Talk to me. Wow. Um, wow. Wow. They've got some great abilities. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've had a bit of a revamp, haven't they? Yeah. Um, yes, yes, very much. Um, yeah, where do you start? I suppose we could just go straight into um, the uh, abilities and stuff, hey? Should we, should we touch on lore first? Yep. Just, well, just go through... For people that maybe don't know who, like, just a really brief overview of who are the Flesh Eater Courts. Um, I mean, they're essentially Bretonia from the old world. Um, <laughs> it, seems to be, it seems to be the uh, most com- common opinion. They are what was left of that society that seems to have devolved into some kind of cannibalistic, <laughs> delusional state where they believe that they are still kind of noble knights and um infantrymen and uh, mm-hmm. and and lords fighting to defend their lands from invaders but yeah. that is actually quite far from the truth yeah like well the, the way they've worked it into the 
that that Bretonian aspect, they've really worked it into the um into the mortal realms through like going way, way back to the age of myth, uh, where they had the knights and they had all the chivalry and all that kind of Bretonian world just kind of exploded in the world of myth and um yeah, and as obviously as the dawn of uh, chaos and the age of chaos came along, these uh medieval sort of societies, feudal societies, I suppose, with uh, their kings and all their heirs and banners and chivalry and heraldry and stuff like that, they uh, eventually, as they were getting wiped out by chaos, they disintegrated more and more into um, madness and a lot of them, these societies had to resort to cannibalism and uh, so they were ripe for uh, the um, abhorrent ghoul kings and uh, to come in and corrupt them with their dark magic and Force their, enforce their delusions onto them. So it's kind of, in a way, I kind of saw it as like it's a bit of a kind of save their minds in a way. I know it's like really weird that they're completely deluded, but they kind of continued on in thinking that they that that they were still on top of the world and there were still these uh, shining knights and and uh, men at arms and societies. And uh, yeah, and then over time, in reality, they were just dribbling in wizards and. Munching yeah. on the floor and bashing each other with um with bones, <laughs> but uh yeah, I just that's we all know that from the previous iteration of um Flesh Eater Courts. But I'd, I just found uh, that you just got a few little more insights into it, like uh, you know how in in Shaish is uh, how that there's like all the underworlds are encapsulated in Shaish. So each yeah. culture's idea of the afterlife kind of manifests into Shaish. So it's sort of in the earlier stages with the flesh eater courts, um, they actually when a flesh when a ghoul or a, 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 a you know one of the you know the and horrors when one of them died, they actually went to their ideal heaven, I suppose you could say, or afterlife. But um, so they still went into the green lush pastures and feasted all day with their lords in um, the afterlife. But then I think it was around about the necroquake from memory. Um, then uh, Nagash seeped, got into, involved with it all and all turned them all into bleak landscapes uh, in the afterlife. So they couldn't even escape their delusions of horror um, in the afterlife. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, that's just sort of some of the takeaways I took from the, the law. Um, but I did enjoy reading about the different grand courts. And um, actually one of the, the one that stood out the most for me was the Hollow Morn Grand Court, uh, just because being a Bretonian um, collector and um used to play bretonians back in eighth edition and also when i just see my first dropped i was um i just carried on with it and just kept kept playing aos with my bretonians but um to sort of read about how the Hollowmorn grand court um still believe they were knights trying to recover all the lost relics and artifacts from their uh from their uh so from their society from their civilization and uh so in their deranged state of mind they still see themselves as crusading and riding out in armoured columns to cut down uh, those who just spoil the vaults that they seek. So they, I just kind of love that idea of them just continuing on the, the crusade and continuing on being knights. So I thought, well, I'll pick Hollow Morn for my list and I'll see if I can sort of craft something out of that. But, um, yeah, what about uh, what about you guys? What sort of lists uh, have you guys I reckon you, James, I reckon you should do a, um, just do a Bretonian army and just like... <laughs> change it slightly and make it all flesh eaters. That'd be really cool. I wonder if someone will do it, surely. I could rebase my Britannians and just, just play the models as like yeah. the knights yeah. can be horrors and the men in arms can be ghouls. Like it's just, just proxy them straight up with our Britannians. That'd be awesome. I'd love it. Like, yeah, they're full on <laughs> in their delusion. 
Like, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? It's a flesh eating court. Well, that's it. <laughs> like, that's well, that's exactly right. It's well, there is m- mentions um of some of the arch regents and ghoul kings being so powerful in their delusion that even their enemies, when they look on them, instead of seeing a, the ghoul king, they see a resplendent monarch with uh, robes and a, a crown and stuff. So the delusion yeah. is so strong it even convinces their enemies that they're. They're noble warriors as well, so I, I kind of like the little. Uh, there's like an excerpt at the um, in the first couple of pages, um, and they're talking about how they the this king's army. They're all up on the on the valley, all up on the top of this valley, and they're all lined up and in ranks, and you know they got all their all the guys just ready to to go down this valley and kill the kill the enemy. Who are they're kind of saying they're all these ferals and that in the bottom of the valley and. And even the king, he's on a griffin. He says he's flying on a griffin, and they, he, he, he tells them all to march down and attack the invaders. And so they start, they head down. He flies off on the griffin, and then it goes to the point of view of the the guys that are being attacked in the bottom of the valley, and they actually are humans, and yeah. they're, they're looking up at all these ravenous hordes like bounding down the gully. They're all horrors and flayers <laughs> flying over, and. And the king, he's on—he's actually on a big terror geist, and he's flying down to attack yeah. them. But they're that delusional that they—they they, their whole army—they just see themselves as the good guys, and yeah. and everything else as evil. It's kind of um kind of a cool little uh, excerpt that I read, um yeah. explaining it all. But um yeah, I've gone down the path with my uh with my list. Um, I didn't really go. F- I'm more of a gamer, so I went straight to abilities and. And stuff yep. like that, but I've gone gone down the blister skin, blister skin Grand Court. Um, I've done, I've read a little bit of their background and how how they've they've come about, but I just like their uh, I just like their movement shenanigans, how much they can move around the board and um, combine it with the 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 Royal Mordants um, battalion and, and and they they get so much movement. But um, we'll talk about probably talk about that a bit later, but. Yeah, that, that's who I've sort of picked at this stage, the blister skin. So nice. Um, what'd you go, Chris? Yeah, it's cool. Um, I mean, game. Yeah, I'm, more, I'm like you, Matt. I'm more looking at the book from a gaming perspective rather than the kind of the lore. <laughs> but um, I'm actually the lists I'm kind of playing with at the moment are no court because everyone seems to be like, oh, the courts are amazing. The courts are amazing. Um, particularly Gristlegore, which is the they come from the realm of beasts, so they're all about the all about the kind of the menageries um yeah. the, the terror guys and the zombie dragons um it looks so cool but it's yeah, um, it's quite it. it's kind of interesting reading the the lore on that because it sort of says that they're all about dueling um and perfecting like the art of kind of fighting and sword play and it's like but we're gonna have the giant kind of beasts and terror guys <laughs> and but um it, i found it interesting that they've actually spe- like for the courts, they've specifically said that they are from a specific realm. So, yeah. like, Grisselgore comes from Gur, Blisterskin comes from Akshi, because they worship yeah. the sun, um, yeah. which is why they're Blisterskin. They're always trying to get closer to the sun so they can fly, and they fly up too high and get burnt by the heat of it, basically. Um, which yeah. is quite cool. Um, I think Blisterskin seems to be a popular choice because the flares seem strong and people are going for them. Um and then, yeah, Morgon is the other one, which is all your kind of men at arms. And they're all around your, your, your basic, like, the idea there is that they're all men at arms um, being inspired by their kind of generals, their, their captains, um, to kind of 
the captains inspire the men at arms and the men at arms inspire the captains so it's all around kind of your ghouls um yeah yeah your ghouls and your courtiers basically yeah yeah your heroes so um yeah they've 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 given four courts and there's basically four different unit types in the book which is your ghouls um your knights which are your horrors and your flayers and then your big monsters so your terror and your zombie dragons and each court is basically built around one of them which is quite cool yeah well if you take your if you take as a like what you say you're not going to take a court if you just take a delusion and then you get to pick your command trait. You don't have to take the listed one. Then you get your own artifact. You don't have to take the listed one. So by the time you do all that, it's not that much different to an actual court anyway. So you're probably not far off. You know, you're still in a pretty good boat by doing what you're doing. Yeah, sure. there's there's definitely strength. There's definitely strength there. Like you say, that is the one thing. With, mm. If you take any of the grand courts, it um it does mandate your command trait, your first artifact, um, mm. and everything, which means if you want the choice to pick any artifacts you're going to have to fit in a formation and the battle lines actually works quite well it's quite restrictive in the book in terms of picking your generals it's it's actually quite balanced i think when you get into the book and start reading it um you can't design it exactly as you want you just can't have everything perfect and get the optimal choices because battle line restrictions which you can get around by picking certain courts um but then they, or you can change it by having one of the courtiers as a general to make horrors or flayers battle line. But then if you wanted to do that, you don't get the trait maybe on the general that you want it on and, and everything. So it's actually yeah. quite good. And then the formations with the requirements to take in them, you kind of find yourself going, you don't have points to have big units or, or stuff like that. So it's, um, it's pretty good from a, a list writing perspective, actually. I don't personally think there's any standout obvious, this is what you do. No. Um, people, uh, I think, are initially going. Probably Gristle Gore seems to be the the, yeah. the favorite at the moment, just because I think everyone likes the big monsters, and it does probably have probably the most powerful individual mechanic, I'd say. Um, but we'll touch on that a bit later. But um, yeah, it's cool. I think there's I think there's lots of options for all of the bots to work. To be honest, didn't uh, the Gristle Gore come second at Sheffield Slaughter? Yeah, yeah. That's mm. right. It's already it's already carving it up through the uh, through the tournaments, <laughs> and I think it will too. While while people still are, they don't know what you know, like the average Joe Blow doesn't know what the new flesh eaters do. So yeah. if you come up against them in a tournament, they're just gonna they're gonna do their thing, and you're not gonna know what they're doing. So <clears throat> um, I think they'll do well. And even once people know what they're doing, people are gonna get better at building lists. And I think they're very strong. It's a very strong book. I like the fact that you've got so many choices. I think it's a bit like the Legions and the Gash book. Like you've got those those four different four different builds, and then within those each builds, you've got your different uh, battle traits and all that to pick from. So, which I think it's good how Games Workshop has sort of been doing that lately with their books. It it doesn't mean we're not getting those one dimensional armies all the time now. Like where everyone will just take the one thing. Yeah, it, I don't know if anyone's listened to Stormcast, the actual official kind of podcast that Games Virtual put out, but one of the early episodes since it came back, I think it might have been the second one, um, Wade Price, who is the main kind of guy that runs it now, he interviewed Sam Pearson, who is actually more one of the more senior rules writing guys there now. He, if anyone doesn't know, he joined after being basically a fan creator of the Skirmish supplement, 
um, okay. and then they kind of picked him up and he's now working for them um so he kind of developed the actual skirmish rule set and then now writes um the actual main battle tomes and he kind of talked about how they go about writing a battle tome now from a gaming perspective that they try and make at least three um between three and six different play styles for every single army in a book yep. so that you won't get that this is the army this is the one way that you play this army um and you, with this book it's so easy to see i mean you've immediately kind of got four to five yeah because you've got the four courts or no court and each one will probably lend itself to a very different play style naturally by what the courts strengthen so um yeah, it's quite it's quite good. So yeah, that's, I thought that was quite an interesting episode to listen to. If anyone wants to kind of go back and hear that and hear a little bit about the process that they're trying to go with now for every battle tome. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think it's really it's really positive and um, just sort of you get so much legs out of your army then, don't you? Because if you if you do get tired of sort of playing a certain army a certain way, you can just go, well, I might just try something different and have a new way of playing it. So it just gives, yeah. gives the armies that more longevity. I think it's good. Oh, yeah, for sure. The same with the Legion of the Gash book. Um, yeah. Like, I, I think I started it, I was Legion of Night, then I went to Grand Host, now I'm playing Legion of Blood. Like, I played <laughs> nearly all of them, and um, same, similar list, but completely different play style, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, I, took, I took Sacrament um, in the game against Travis, and I hadn't actually properly played a game with um, Sacrament before or with that battalion, so it was just a completely new headspace for the, the army and my model, so I was really, really happy with that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, awesome. Well, do we want to get on to the uh, nitty-gritty nitty allegiance abilities and stuff? The meat the meat of it, so to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm thoroughly impressed with free, Feeding Frenzy. Yes, let's talk about Feeding Frenzy, the new command ability that you get in any Flesh Eater Courts army, regardless of court or no court or anything. This yeah. is an upgrade on the old command ability, which used to be once a unit had fought in the combat phase, you could roll a dice, and on a six, you could pile in and attack again. Now, you just pick a unit, wholly within 12 of a hero, or wholly within 18 of the general, and you get to pile in and attack again in the combat phase, immediately after you've attacked. It's not mm-hmm. they can be chosen again, it's they pile in and attack again immediately. Which is pretty bloody good. Yeah. I, like, I kind of like... Um... I like this book how a lot of the things are generating more command points too. So you, you you sort of always got those command points ready to spend on feeding frenzy. Um, yeah, I think they don't really have any command abilities that they need to be using every turn. So no. every turn you get one basically to use feeding frenzy. Yeah. Yeah, and then if you take take the um the carnal charnel throne carnal throne however you want to say it. You know, you get those two free command ability uses straight up. So there's two points you haven't had to spend out of your out of your bank. So it, I mean, potentially it could be six. Depending yeah. On oh, yeah. Depending on what you've you got. Took, yeah. You took six arch regents, and they were all around it. You can summon first turn with all six of them and use yep. it. So For sure. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. It I just lets you about six arch regents. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll just let you bring on if you wanted. Six arch regents bring on 120 ghouls first turn. <laughs> we'll give them all feeding frenzy. Why not? <laughs> yeah, wow. Well. Oh, you are an evil man. 
But then you couple that with the feast day of delusion. Yeah, that's you can use that without a command point. Okay, let's. Yeah, okay. So let's. Oh, no, I'm moving let's, on. Let's, I'm like, let's, okay, let's structure. Okay, we've so we also also there. though we've got um we skipped over um the deathless courtiers. So yeah. the, they've changed they've changed their death save to now holy within twelve, which um I I, I don't like that. I, I think that's a nerf. Like. Same with the Legions and the Gash book. It's just within six inches a unit, so it's so much easier trying to get something holy within 12. I find it's the same with um, um, your Nighthaunt armies like because I've played a lot of Nighthaunt too. I find it really hard to always have a whole unit within 12 of one hero. Like It makes it really hard to, to use that. Mm. But in this, like obviously in this book, it, they, I don't think they're really relying on that, that six-up save anyway, but... I just think, yeah, that's just a little nerf. But when you go down to your command ability, the feeding frenzy, it's like, wow, that's that's awesome. I mean that that move to holy within again. That's like Sam actually talked about. It's they want to get rid of the whole daisy chaining mechanic in terms yeah. of how rules <laughs> interact, and they want it to be like, well, if this hero helps to kind of if the powers of this hero he has an aura or something like that helps to regenerate models around him they don't want a model potentially 30 inches away from him in a daisy chain using that save yeah that's fair. because that's it fair. just they're like on the tabletop it doesn't feel right in terms yeah. of the game and because the, they're trying to sort of tell a story or have it be obviously not realistic because it's a fantasy game but they just want the rules to be more like okay well the, there's a buff coming from this character and if a model can use it it needs to be near it so they they're kind of doing it that way but yeah um, yep. it cleans it up a bit doesn't it and it's going to do yeah anything. it stops all the daisy chaining and yeah. and having silly things that happen but um it's just a rethink on how you're going to move your units around yeah 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 um, but yeah, so that's the Deathless Courtiers rule. We've touched on the commandability everyone gets. So then you've got the Grand Courts, which we've talked about before, which is basically just a choice of if you want one of those four courts. Or if you don't select a Grand Court, then you get to choose a Delusion, and there are six to choose from. But most of them I don't think are strong enough to want to choose them in over taking a court. Um, but there is one that is a standout, which James talked about, which is the Feast Day and that lets you use the Feeding Frenzy command ability once per turn, not battle round. So it's yours and your opponent's turn mm-hmm. for free. So you don't have to spend a command point. So you're always, as long as you've got a character in range to trigger the ability, you're just able every single combat phase to go twice with a unit. Oh, yeah. Insane. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I do like... Um, there is a couple others that I probably would think about taking as well, um, if you weren't too worried about that. I don't mind the crusading army. You're adding one to run and charge rolls. I, I just like the you're never going to fail a charge then. So you always, even if you're old double ones, you're still you're still getting your charge off. Um, yeah, I think that one, was the popular one before. Yeah, yeah. And the other one I don't mind is the um, the grand tournament. The grand tournament. So you you re-roll hit rolls a one for attacks made by. Oh, that's only heroes. Other than your general, so it's not that great. Sorry, but yeah, if I was to choose, it'd be out of Crusading Army and and Feast Day. The other ones sort of are a bit meh. Yeah, um, given what you lose by not taking a court, um, I don't think most of the others are worth the ability not taking the court. So yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, so then we move on to command traits. Um, there are two tables of command traits now. So you get one for abhorrence, which are your ghoul kings um, or your arch regents, and one for your courtiers. So that's your Vargolfs, your um, infernals, and your horrors. Um, and the first three are the same. So it's basically just re-rolling wound rolls, re-rolling hit and wound rolls if your general has suffered, if there's any models within three um, that have taken wounds. I don't mind that one. That one's pretty good. It could be good. Um, Especially if you've got a shooty army, like like your flayers and your um, and your, your terror guys. They only have to do that one wound and then charge in and then they're re-rolling. The only thing is it it's only on, like the hero it's not it's not going to affect the mount because it's a command trait so it's only for a normal ghoul king on foot or like a, a horror courtier or something like that which they're okay um if you're going to take it but i think there's there's other ways that you get the more combat buffs i think from them um didn't didn't command traits affect um mounts as well in other armies no no no, it's in the core rules that um, or GHB command traits don't affect mounts unless otherwise stated. Yeah, I think um, of these abhorrent ones, um, I think Majestic Horror stands out for me on these ones. Like, so if the general's chosen as the model, as the model that uses a command ability that summons a fleshy to court some models to the battlefield, they can use it without a command point having to be. Yeah. Spent. So that's just yeah, like another free unit. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're not wasting that valuable command point for later on when you. You want feeding frenzy? Yep. Um, the ones I like are dark wizardry for the oh, abhorrence. Yes. Yeah, because yep. it's plus one to casting, dispelling, yep. and that's unbinding. Actually in my list. <laughs> yeah. And I think dis- I think that's the first time I've ever seen a bonus to dispelling. Yeah. Um, because that's specifically for endless spells once they're in play, and I don't think I've ever seen something that gives plus mm. one to cast uh, to dispel. Sorry. Yep. So getting yeah. getting plus one to all three as a trait is really good. Um, and then that's for the abhorrence, and then for the courtiers, what I like is Dark Acolyte because it makes them a wizard, and they get to cast spells and unbind spells in the same manner as a ghoul king. Yeah. So they get the ghoul king's war scroll spell, which is plus one attack. So it's a really useful spell, but most lists you probably don't find room for the ghoul king on foot. So that's a way of if you're taking a courtier hero as your general, which in quite a lot of lists you actually might be to unlock battle line options yeah. for, you, for your knights. It's a really good way of getting a wizard for scoring the scenarios where wizards score and also just getting access to that spell without needing to spend the 140 points on a cool king. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I like the idea of having courtiers like, yeah, the lower ranks sort of taking charge as well. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a there's quite a few in that that are pretty useless. Like in their borrants, like they're completely delete, delusional. Once per battle, you can change the delusion. So I think you once you pick a delusion, you stick them with it all game. So that's a pointless one. And even the even the adding like an extra hit if you roll a six, I don't think it's that good on even a borrant ghoul kings because they don't have that good attacks anyway. What is it? They get five or six attacks doing one damage each or something like yeah giving them an extra attacks nothing on a six um and you re-roll hits and wounds they're still pretty pointless yeah the first three on each i wouldn't be using because they're boosting the combat profile and as we said i don't think that's what they're for nah. um, but like so, with, that, with that completely yeah. delusional though like 
you know, you can change the illusion. Uh, so if you're, what if you're playing, just say you're coming up another monster heavy, let's shoot a quartz list. <laughs> you could just change it to the Royal Hunt. So you can re-roll hit, hit rolls of one and rune rolls of run, uh, one for attacks made by a friend, friendly flesh eater courts that target a monster. So yeah. you, could, you could sort of switch and tailor your list into whatever you, you might be facing. You might need you might need a bit of help killing those monsters or something. But yeah, it's a great That's situation. Yeah, but I mean, hang, you might not want to hang your hat on it, but um, yeah. it's just something that uh, it's just a cool little twist that you can use. You could use it to use the um, Crusading Army for the first turn just to make all your charges, and then as soon as all of your units have made it into combat, change to Feast Day, ready for the command t- ready for the combat phase. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then yeah. you're missing out on Dark Wizardry. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. mind um, Cruel Taskmaster either for the um, the Courtier hero, so you can re-roll your muster ability dice, but you have to re-roll them all. But if you're trying to bring back Flayers or Horrors and you rolled, you know, Everything was under a four. Yeah, just pick up your dice, go again, try and get your five ups yeah. to bring back models. So it's pretty. That'd be pretty handy if you were taking yeah your your flare or the horror as your general, and then just bringing back models because that's quite important with them. Yeah, it just comes back to that how sort of diverse the book is and all the choices and options you can. Oh. Just, <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, there's it looks like there's a, a tool. To sort of help you with it and whether whatever um, playstyle you've got, yeah. Um, so should we move on to the artifacts of power? Sure. Um, sure. Do you want to do want to go through those? We've got again a table of six for the abhorrence and a table of six for the courtiers again. So, yep. I, I, my personal favourite with the uh, abhorrent heroes one is the Grim Garland. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I didn't want to in this time. <laughs> yeah, I think my mainly like. Because it'll come. I'll tell you when I talk about my list later. But um, my list, I have the the general and the terror guys, so that's going to come in perfect for him because it's a six inch range on it. So they get neg two to their bravery, so you're getting an extra two mortal wounds to your dice roll. Um, and then I'm also planning on taking a big unit of flayers. So they're they're neg two with their scream if they're not in combat. So that's going to negate that neg two if your general's close by. Um, so yeah, like that's, that's my artifact that I'm definitely taking in yeah. in every game. I think I love, um, bravery debuff mechanics. Yeah. So, I think that's why I love, um, Legion of Blood so much. Cause you can just really play off that. Yeah. Everything's neg one. It's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Grim, Grim Garland is the, is the standout for me. I think it's the standout for most people because as you say, Flayers, the the big change they've had now is their scream is two d six, not just one d six. Because before it used to be completely useless. Um, whereas now, if you roll pretty well, or you don't even need to roll that well, um, once you're in combat, your average on two dice is seven. So yep. as soon as you're subtracting two from bravery, I mean stuff like oh, deep, yeah. stuff like deepkin are bravery six to start with. So they're going down to bravery four. Every single flayer should be doing average three mortal wounds. And as a shooting attack, like that's going to rack up just a unit of six you're talking yeah. in the shooting phase doing 18 mortal wounds yeah like it's brutal you, you've not got that sort of level of mortal wound output in any other book up to this stage from like shooting as a supplementary attack um it's going to be swingy because there's a lot of demon armies and death armies out there that yeah. have bravery 10 um and stuff like that and it won't you just don't hurt any you just don't do any damage i think even with the grim garland to bravery 10 um you'll do very little um but taking it will really help 
um, oh, yeah. against any any mid table army. Stormcast are going to hate it, um, and then stuff like Gloom Spike Gits are just going to get rinsed by it. Yeah, I play Skaven as well, but I'm I'm not up to speed with the new yep. Skaven rules yet. But um, it will destroy they're... Skaven as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> they haven't um up to the the bravery of the rats. They anymore. have lots of ways of becoming immune to battle shock and boosting their bravery in the battle shock phase, but not against stuff like this in the shooting. Yeah. Course. Yeah. Not their characteristic. So but, um, like you... Gisales, yeah. bravery four, you hit them with this and like <laughs> roll what two lots three lots of. 2d6 just a unit of three flares and you on average doing five more wins per flare you're just gonna rinse yeah (laughs) the other the other um standout one we've got here too is uh the blood river chalice so you're getting your your d6 wounds back so it's like the um you like your vampire lord on zombie dragon chalice um so if you had if you had that spare second artifact of power that you were wanting to take that's another one that um wouldn't be a bad idea if you want to put it on your dragon or, or whatever to keep him alive longer mm. um but the other one i hope like looking at too if you're not taking your courts and you you're just doing your delusion you could always take dark wizardry as your your bat command trait and then take your dermal robe as your um artifact so you're getting plus two to all casting dispelling and unbinding rolls yeah which could be quite good too. If you've got something that you want to get off a spell or whatever, um, you know, that could be could be another option, another build. Yeah. The great thing about taking that as well is if your general is an arch regent, because they cast two spells a turn and their war scroll spell is the spell you always want to get off. So yeah. being able to put both those onto one arch regent, like like you say, plus two to cast when you can cast two spells standardly, if you put that guy on a Bailwind, if you want, like, three spells, <laughs> yeah. like, three spells with the extra range, he's going to boost his save. And they're pretty tanky anyway. They've got seven wounds. Uh, they heal three wounds at the start of your hero phase as well. So they're not bad. Um, they can be minus one to shooting, um, get that Bailwind in cover. You can be sitting on a two-up save, minus one, seven wounds, healing three, casting three spells a turn at plus two yeah <laughs> pretty good and then, then you're unbinding un- too yeah when i first started writing my list for this like when i started when i read that spell i was like i need spell buffs i need plus ones so you look at those then i immediately thought okay corpse cart mortis engine allies get them in there <laughs> yeah sacrifice I, I, thing a lot for that but i just that was my first sort of thing first two things i put on my list in my when i first started thinking about what i'd do yeah yep. like immediately uh-huh. buff that buff that spell buff that spell but it's kind of built into it already with the dermal robe and the dark wizardry wizardry so it's a bit you know imagine having plus four to cast it'd be like a little mini gash yeah <laughs> but yeah i am um... Yeah, Grim Garland for me is the standout, and then Dermal Robe is my second. Um, I think there's other ways for getting the advanced healing over the Blood River Chalice now. Um, yeah. So Dermal Robe is maybe where I would go if I had a second free artifact choice. But again, with the Realm artifacts, I think there's some pretty juicy combos and things you can take there if you're going to take a second. So yeah. if I'm picking two, I'm always picking the Grim Garland as one. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. and then I, it'll depend on the rest of the build, but um, yep. Again, there's, there's loads of choice. Which well, is the great. other option too is the um, the brooch. Um, if you want to just 
if you've got that spare artifact you don't know what to get chuck it on a courtier or something and get him right up sitting near the enemy and you know he's making them all neg one to cast and within 18 inches so good against um yeah good against magic heavy lists and someone with some big uh, endless spells that you know the high ones to cast it's going to be really annoying yeah um so yeah that's the abhorrence um the courtier heroes there's not they're not as useful um i don't think Again, there's Medal of Madness, which lets you use a command ability on their war scroll without spending a command point. But that's a bit weird because the courtiers yeah. don't have a command ability on there. Yeah, I, I think they're going to make it the um, as the Ghoul King. I've seen some talk about it. Um, they're going to bring the FAQ, should have said, or something, will say. They reckon it will say the Ghoul King's... Um, Summon Men at Arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that might have got mixed just, up just, between the abhorrence and the... Bring on, bring on tangles. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think there's not really much there. The only... The Flesh Form Raymond is there, which is another bravery debuff that so subtract one from bravery characteristic of enemy units, but it's only whilst within three. I mean, Grim Garland's only six, so it doesn't seem like a massive difference, but you have to be in combat to be within three, and it's on a courtier, which... Yeah. I was if, looking at that today, actually. I thought, well, maybe if you could get them into combat but you got to get everything alive and you keep you and you get the grim garland as well so you got your two artifacts you make a neg three yeah neg three but you've got to stay in combat for a whole a whole round if not two and try and survive so well i don't think yeah i think stuff won't survive being in combat with you especially if it's flayers because if you're in combat with the flayers they're not getting the minus two on that screen so everyone is seven then minus three yeah. So <laughs> it's not gonna yeah, last long. Yeah, stuff's just gonna melt anyway. Um, but there's there's one I like that um, is the Billy's Decanter, which is from the book before. Um, it's once per battle, start the combat phase. The bearer can add two to the attack's characteristic of its melee weapons. Um, there's I think there's a bit of secret filth in the book, which I'm talk about in the lists later. But that on a Vargolf um, mm-hmm. is pretty good because Vargolfs have got two attack profiles. Um, They've got the teeth and the claws, um, so you're getting plus two to both. It's only once per battle, but the the jaws is normally only one attack, so immediately you're getting three, and it's threes by twos, rend two, damage d3. So suddenly having three attacks with that's pretty good. Um, and then the claws starts at four attacks, so that's going up to six attacks. Mm. If they're surrounded by loads of met models, they get plus two, so that could be eight attacks with that. And that's yep. three, threes, threes, rend one, damage two. So... It's pretty good. You, you can take yeah. that, and then when you think you can be piling in again yeah. with Feast Day, like, uh, not Feast Day, Feeding Frenzy, and then there's loads of spells to uh, get against... extra attacks, mm. there's, I, I think you could actually take out something like Nagash with a Vargolf in a turn <laughs> that people yeah. won't see coming, but, um, uh, yeah. It's such a cool model, too. So, but one yeah, that's, old, that's one of the older models as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, I. I personally won't be using any. I don't think I'll be using any artifacts on my courtiers. I think it's um, yeah, a bit of a waste. But yeah, on the spells, eh? Yep. So we've got some pretty good ones actually. Love deranged, I love deranged transformation. I love blood feast. They're actually all. They're, most like of them are the quite handy actually. Like um, yeah. even bone storm like. You know, if you you fly your your terrorgeist over 
your first turn or whatever, and then you get your hero phase next turn. Or you got to, you're only rolling a five up, and every every unit within twelve, and it's not even wholly within. So if you're in your enemy lines, you could be hitting six or seven units, and on a two plus, you, each unit suffering one one mortal wound. Like it's not huge, but it, those one mortal wounds they all add up. Chips away, yeah, yeah, yeah. Add, adds to what you're already chipping away with everything else. The um the spectral host is a bit of a funny one, like it. Um, I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I like if you get the ten or more, you're getting the more the three friendly units. But yeah, it's one that I it's the it's making a unit fly or cast it on uh, flayers and they're uh, running and charging across the board. So yeah, it's definitely one that's in my list. The spectral host. Yeah, Um, in my list too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, spectral host and deranged transformation are the first two. Yeah, I put same. I put in every list and then I just go, well, what was how many more wizards do I have? And if I've got a big, <laughs> if I've got a big monster, then um, I'm then picking monstrous vigor, and then the damaging ones are kind of the ones that I'm missing out on because I'm not taking enough casters. But um, deranged transformation on flyers is amazing. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, it's again none of these spells like all of these spells basically cast on fives and sixes, which is great. Um, yeah other than Blood Feast, but um, tw- wholly within 24 is quite big range as well. Um, yeah. And you get to add the wounds characteristic to move. So the unit of flayers, you add four to their movement. And That's then cool. if you've 12. got Spectral Host on them, so they can then run and charge, so suddenly you have flayers and movement 16 running and charging. Take them in um, Blister Skin and their plus two-inch move. Yeah, so yeah, plus eight, 18. 18-inch move. <laughs> and then take the uh, the Royal Mordant's War Scroll Battalion, which I'm doing, and, and you can make them move in the hero phase, a free yeah. move. So they're now currently moving 36 inches across the board. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty good. I think there's going to be a lot of Blister Skin Flayer lists doing that. Um, but, yeah, so both Spectral Host and Deranged Transformation are both cast on sixes, and they're boosting your movement capabilities, um, and they both have the added bonus of if you roll a 10 or more on the cast. And the great thing with this is it's not unmodified. Yeah. So that is where it, you could, you can definitely benefit from building a list around pluses to cast. Because yeah. every yeah. time you, you get that 10 plus to cast, not only is your spell probably not being unbound, but you get to pick three units to be affected by it. <laughs> so um, it really lets you have board coverage. Yeah. I do like um, Monstrous Vigor too. Like if you were to build a... Your gristle gore list with your um your monsters, yeah. and one of your monsters has this. You've cast a spell on them, and then they do die. You can pile, you you use the command ability to let them pile in attack once they've died, and they're going to be using their full uh, array of attacks as opposed to if they've just died, they're going to be on on their lowest amount of attacks and stuff. So I think if you combined monstrous vigor with the the gristle gore grand court. Um, I think that would be quite a good good build and spell as well. Could be quite handy. If, yeah, I, if, I think... if you know your unit's going to fly across and die in a turn, I think it could be quite handy. Any, To be honest, any list I write, if I have a Ghoul King on either Terror Ghost or Zombie Dragon, the spell they have is Monstrous Figure. Because I think yeah. in, in any list, making sure that you've got a way of that monster always being counted as top tier for its yeah. damage output 
is just awesome. And even for their movement, like, yeah, yeah, they're not just moving two inches or whatever it is on their bottom thing. Because <laughs> normally that's, I mean, the main weakness with monsters and their degrading profile is people are like, well, if I can hit them first and kind of chip them down, then they aren't as worried about them getting, they aren't worried about the retaliation strike because the monsters lost attacks. It's probably hitting or wounding worse. Whereas flesh eaters, they don't care. Like you could knock them down to two wounds left and they're still going to hit you as if you hadn't ever wounded them, and then they're probably going to pile in and hit you again, and you're, you're going to die, and then, yeah. they're get, and then they have plenty of ways to heal back up. So, um, yeah, it's a yeah. really it's a really strong spell, and to cast on a five is really good. <laughs> yeah, so if you if you charge in with Gristlegore, say with your Ghoul King on Terror Geist, for example, charge in, you attack with him... Um, Oh, you wouldn't want him to be a general because then the command trait comes into a thing. But say he's just a normal ghoul king on Terror Geist, charges in, he attacks, does all his attacks. You then activate Feeding Frenzy on him. He piles in, attacks, and then they attack you and kill him. He then gets to pile in and attack again. Nah, he can't. You can only do the pile in and attack if they haven't already attacked that phase. Oh yes, sorry. Mm, yeah, it's but, like gives them a chance. Uh, yeah, mm. but you can still read the fine print. <laughs> you can still do it twice. Do it yeah, you do it twice. In frenzy, and yeah. The, yeah, either way. But if they come in and kill a terror ghost, you can still pile in and attack with it twice at full health before it goes on. anyway. Well, you're all also exploding too. With your is it D three mortal wounds when they die? Yeah. Yeah. So. And there's a there's a trait you can take that just makes it a flat three wounds as well. Yep. <laughs> Shall we segue or we finish with spells? Um, my, yeah, my, yeah, I might just do the mounts. I like my Asmol Shroud. Um, it's That's one fun. that could could happen. Eighteen yeah. inch range on a five. You pick a visible enemy unit. Roll three dice for every five up. They take a mortal wound. But then if you roll a double, they're minus one to hit. And if you rolled a triple, they're minus one to hit and to wound. That's the um, spirit girl. Of um, Legion of the Gash. Sorry, like, uh, Death Mages. Oh, sorry, Law of Vampires. Sorry. That's really good. <laughs> um, is that exactly the same spell? Yeah, it's the same spell. It's that's... the same with um, Blood Feast is the exact same as um, Vile Transference. Yeah. And I, re- I really like that. From a That's actually subtle, like, fluff narrative there. Because <laughs> Ghoul Kings were vampires. Yep. Well, they are uh, vampires. Well, yeah, of Strigoi. So yeah. the fact that they have their own named version of spells from the lore of vampires yeah. in, in the book is a really nice little subtle kind of nod. Yeah, and it sort of explains the spells. Like they've written it in a way it's a, a bit easier to understand maybe. But, um, yeah, essentially, like I love taking Spirit Girl. I, I take that quite often in my armies. So it's a great spell. Like it's, it doesn't get much um, credence because you are it is a bit swingy, but um, you always get at least one or two mortal wounds, and you might get a minus one to hit. I've never actually rolled a triple yet, but <laughs> when that happens, well, that would be thick. It's, it's better than an arcane bolt, right? Oh, hell yeah. Like, yeah. It's on a five. Arcane bolt is on a five, and it does one mortal. With this three dice to roll a five up, you should do one mortal, yeah. and you've got the chances of minus one to hit and minus one to wound. So It always does. It, it, it does something more often than it doesn't. Like, I, I don't think... It doesn't. It's not very often I haven't rolled anything and it hasn't done something. So, it's it's the fourth choice for me. If I have yeah. if I have access to four spells in my list, then my Asmol Shroud comes in. But yeah, it's um 
it's useful. But yeah, uh, mount traits, James, do you want to go on to these? Yeah, sure. Well, um, well, I think like most of us, I think I went straight for gruesome bite. <laughs> yep. Reroll yep. failed hit rolls for attacks made with this mount fanged more. This for yeah, the very nice traits. The Terragust, yeah. Yeah. So I just I saw that. So yeah, that's that's a must take, especially when Ooh. you're like stacking yeah. on the um attacks and everything. So and when when a six to hit is six mortal wounds, yeah. you and they hit on fours, which has always been their problem. Just having a trait, not yeah. even taking up slots, mm-hmm. that goes here's full rerolls to hit on your bite. You're like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it unmodified? Yeah. Well, can that be? That can be debuffed, can't it? Yeah. yeah. No, it's unmodified. Un- yeah, always a six. Always a six. So it doesn't matter if someone hits you with minus three to hit. If you roll a six, yeah. they're taking unmodified. six Yeah, cool. It's in there in black and white, folks. You heard it here. So. <laughs> There's all, most of them are um, pretty much the same. So Deathly Fast, they can run and still shoot, is the same for both. Razor Clawed, improve the rend by one for both. Um, the horribly infested, horribly resilient is on the zombie dragon. It's the same thing. You turn the D3 for the healing into a three. Um, but yeah, they're all pretty well. There's only a couple of different ones in there. So you got the necromantic, necrotic fangs, which on the dragon, you can reroll the damage characteristic for this model snapping more. Now that's quite good. Coming from a zombie dragon player myself. Um, How many times did you say you rolled ones for the uh, uh, D6 damage at Kagon? I would have loved that ability on it. <laughs> I tell you what, that would have been amazing. Um, yeah, that, that's actually a really good. Like, that. if I'm taking a zombie dragon, that's what I'm taking on it. I'm taking the re roll that damage because. Yeah. If, like, D6 is such a swinging dice roll. I hate it. You, you always look at it as a five or a six when you're rolling it. You're like, that's always a five or a six, but yeah, so many times you're rolling ones and twos, and you're yeah. just like, ah. Oh. So to to be able to re-roll, that's that's amazing. Um, For me, I think I'm taking Razor Clawed on a zombie dragon every time because um, increasing the rend. Oof. So suddenly you've got those seven attacks that rend one damage two. They're now rend two damage two, and the yeah. bites bites are rend three. Um, because I yeah. think the, the only problem with the fangs is it's great to reroll the damage, but it's got the same issue the Terrorgeist has in that it hits on fours. So if you yeah. don't if you don't hit in the first place, then you don't get it. Whereas Razor Clawed buffs both, and I think it's better to take Razor Clawed on the Zombie Dragon than the Terrorgeist because it gets the extra number of attacks with the claws. I think Terrorgeist mm-hmm. only do four, four yeah, yeah, instead, of yeah. instead of seven. So I think <clears throat> it's just to get a shed ton of damage through on those claws because. There's a big difference between Rend 2 and Rend 1, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Death from the Skies is pretty handy, too, if you want to be um, setting up somewhere, anywhere on the board. So you set up off the board to start with, and then um, at the end of your first movement phase, you're setting them up nine inches from enemies, wherever you want. Um, so that could be a good one for grabbing objectives, except for the objectives where you can't obviously set up on but um or even just dropping down in your enemy's back lines to snipe characters dropping down a big dragon it's pretty handy yeah um, it's, a, it's a threat that's useful yeah it just there's certain armies where the like if you make your opponent have to castle up or have to spread out to zone immediately you're lit you're hampering the effectiveness of a, a big portion of that army 
Yeah. So it's just a useful tool. And then um, the Terrorgeist traits, you got the Devastating Scream. You're adding one to the Death Shriek, which is, yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't, I probably wouldn't take that. You, you're taking Gruesome Bite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're they're pretty good, though. Like, there's yeah. none of those abilities there you look at and go, oh, that's rubbish. Like, they're all useful, but I just think, yeah, the the best thing about the Terrorgeist is six to here doing six more wounds and yeah. re-rolling <laughs> it is just great. So, But even the, um, I think the Deathly Fast one, personally, I think it's almost useless. Like, yes, you can run and still shoot, but if you're running your Terrorgeist, it means you're not going to be able to charge him. So, well, you got the spell that lets you run and charge. Well, yeah, if you can get that off. Um, but yeah, it, I, I, they all have a use. But yeah, I think yeah. Um, I think the bite is definitely the go-to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a good starting point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and then and hey, if you take battalions and you take multiples, then you can take multiple traits. So, so how do the traits here at the? Um, can you only take one per battalion with the mount traits, or is it one per? Um... For every battalion, you can choose an additional hero to have a mount trait. Okay, yeah. So it's the same as normal traits and uh, yeah artifacts. Sorry, like, same like Stormcast have it too, but um, they get to use the music because they've got this small amounts. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, if you've got a Ghoul King on Terrorgeist and a Ghoul King on Zombie Dragon, and you've got a battalion, both of them are going to get a trait. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, or two 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 geists, two zombie dragons. You could have one with the extra rend and one with the re-rolling on the damage. Like, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, um, we go on to the uh, charnel throne. Charnel throne. Yeah, the charnel throne. So, this is their terrain piece that the army comes with. So, um, it sets up wholly within your deployment zone, um, and it has to be at least one away from objectives, terrain features. Um, etc. So there's no kind of shenanigans there with put, <laughs> trying to put it in the middle of the board to block wild woods and things like that. It has to be in your um, deployment zone wholly within 12 of the edge of the battlefield. So it can still be within six of a uh, <laughs> or three of a objective. It can be within one, just outside of one of an yeah. objective. But it's not it's not one of those pieces that's massively obtrusive. So yeah. you um, want to position it like. You have to put a bit of thought in where you're going to position it because you, I don't know, like I, I'm the way I'm, I'm thinking about it is like you definitely keep your arch regional ghoul king on that or close to that throughout most of the game. I think you only need them to end their first move there, and then you just summon and then you move away for a bit. Yeah, to be yeah, honest, you need to. <laughs> there was one question I wanted to clear up. How many? I know in the previous. Before this book come out, you could only use their command ability once per game. Is that still the case? Yeah, it yeah. said it says if they have not used it before before it in the battle, yeah. then you can use the command ability. So roundabout way of saying it, <laughs> each one can only use it once. So it's inspiring. Add one to the bravery of units while they're of um, flesh eater courts while they're with within one inch, and yep. subtract one from bravery. For enemies, if they're within one, so it's sinister and inspiring. So that's what I like about it is I like that it gives you the sinister terrain yeah. for my, yeah. for another minus one bravery because you can cluster around it. Like if you if you put this front and center of your deployment zone, 
and deploy your army around it, like flayers and terror guys and stuff like that, and just give your opponent first turn, if you know you're playing someone that wants to come and charge at you, then immediately to get in combat with you, they're going to be bringing themselves within one of the terrain features. So they're going to be adding another minus one bravery and coming into range of your Grim Garland and everything. So they're kind of an army where if you can just sit there and someone charges into you with all your flares sitting there, you're wrapped around your brain feature, you're in range of your Grim Garland, you're like, awesome, I'm now starting my first shooting phase in combat with you and your minus three bravery. Goodbye. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ta-ta. Yeah, stuff will just die. It, it really will. If people go flayer heavy and they take that combination and people charge them and the flayers don't get wiped, people yeah. will just will just die. But even just using um, sinister scenery on your board, like just, you know, flayers can fly around, land on a citadel woods that you've rolled sinister for, you know, they, they're sitting there and if you get charged, same sort of thing, isn't it? Like you can just... Yep. Sometimes you can use that to your advantage depending on where it comes up. Yep. But yeah, it's uh it's special rules is really very, very handy. As we, we did touch on it earlier with the uh so an abhorrent arch regent that is within one inch of the terrain feature can use the summon Imperial Guard command ability without a command point being spent. In addition, an abhorrent ghoul king that is within one inch of this terrain feature can use the summon men at arms command ability without a command point being spent. So mm-hmm. if you're taking like what I'm doing, uh, once again, gristle gore, I'm getting that plus two inch movement. So if I'm, um, when do they use it? Is it hero phase? It is, at isn't it? End of the movement phase. Movement. So that first turn, if you, you, you sit around it, you just do all your summoning. Um, and then the second turn, you've got your plus two inch movement to everything, so you can just fly it off to wherever you need to be for the rest of the game. Um, I think it's a it's a pretty good, pretty good piece of scenery for the even for that factor. Even if you just want to put one or two heroes next to it, um, it once again you're not wasting those precious command points for later in the game when you really need them. Um, I think it's going to be. Yeah, I think I think every list should have one. Like the fact that it costs you nothing. Yeah. Point points or I don't see why you wouldn't want one. Like there's no reason not to take it. And it, it provides cover as well, like for your small heroes as well. So you're getting kind of line of sight blocking because there's a solid wall in there, so you're getting yep. line of you're getting line of sight blocking for a small ghoul king, it's a piece of terrain itself, so they're getting plus one save, probably can't be seen anyway, and they can use their summon abilities and the great thing with the summon abilities is there's no range from the, um, the characters that use them. They just come on from any board edge. Yeah. So you can have this in the corner if you want and just chuck it somewhere and just use it as your summoning farm and get your models out. Um, and yeah, just it's pretty useful. Um, yeah, as you said, I don't. It is the terrain feature for the army, so I don't see people playing the army and not having it. Um, yeah. And yeah, as it as it saves you those command points that are so valuable for like um feeding frenzy you are going to want to use it yeah no so. I, I i did see a discussion the other day on um i think it might be in the flesh eater courts facebook page and some guy was saying oh why would you bother taking one and i'm not going to waste my money on buying one and all this crap i'm like <laughs> yeah why, well, why wouldn't you buy one like honestly it just makes no sense not to take one in your army <laughs> I think the only there is one thing about it that I think will get clarified in the upcoming FAQ. Hopefully, is 
it says in addition an abhorrent ghoul king and it's bold so it's um like it technically applies to the ones that are mounted on uh zombie dragons or terrorgeist says that it can use the summon men at arms command ability without spending a command point but the summon men at arms command ability is the one on the ghoul king on foot the yeah. The ones on the monsters don't have that command ability on their war scroll. So at the moment, some people think it lets those ones use it. Yeah, but I, I think it's only if you have the Ghoul King on foot. Yeah, personally, that's how I'll be playing it. Because otherwise, that's amazing. Because then you suddenly get, like, you take the two guys on big dragons anyway, and then you get two free units of ten blooming um, ghouls coming out of them, and you get the courtier and you get the unit of knights yeah like suddenly you're getting really good value yeah no i'll definitely be playing it just as the ghoul king on foot and the arch regent so yeah okay so we're on we're on to the grand courts should we take a quick break or should we smash through these then take a break and then do lists i'm happy to keep going okay let's keep rolling did you want to go through this one, Chris? Morgoth? Yeah, I can go through this. So this is the, the one that's really all about the, the serfs, as they're now called, which is the ghouls. So each, I'll just, overall, each Grand Court has the same kind of structure. It gets an ability, an extra command ability. It mandates your command trait, and the first artifact taken is specified. So that's the same mm-hmm. for all four. So... The Morgaunt ability is that you get to reroll hit rolls of one for Morgaunt courtier units, wholly within 12 of a Surf's unit. So basically, any of your courtiers, if they're wholly within 12 of your ghouls, then they, the courtiers get to reroll hit rolls of one. And any of the ghoul units, wholly within 12 of the courtiers, they get their Boundless Ferocity ability, which is the extra attack for when they have 20 or more models. It activates when they only have 10 or more yeah, models. Yeah, that's cool. So it makes units of 20 a lot more viable. Um, because now you have to lose 11 models to lose that extra attack. Yeah. Um, whereas before, as soon as you lose one model, you lose the attack. So that actually might be pretty useful. Um, then the command ability they get is you can use this, its heaving masses. So basically whenever you, you, one of your unit of ghouls is destroyed, you roll a dice, and on a four up, you just get to bring on a replacement unit. And it's from wholly within six of the edge of the battlefield more than nine away so amazing (laughs) if you spam if you spam units of 40 ghouls yeah and then you just roll that dice when they die and you've got a 50 50 chance of getting all 40 back it's phenomenal yeah um like i don't think many people are going to do it just because it's not going to be the fun way of playing the army because the ghouls i just don't think they'll do much damage against Against certain things, they'll do no damage. Against other things, they'll be really good. Like They'll actually probably be a really good counter to Nighthorn, for example, just because yeah. it's weight of dice. But they're going to be a boring, slow-to-play army, I think, when there's other options um, in the list to just power your way through stuff. The ghoul list, I think, is the board control way of winning. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that that command ability is incredible. Like, put that in any army, and that would be auto-take, pretty oh, much. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, too, if you're taking units of 40, you're probably not going to benefit from the, the blood loyalty either, because it's pretty hard to get a unit of 40 wholly within your, your range of your courtier. But 
they're always going to be 10 or more models anyway, so yeah. it's not going to matter. Yeah. Um, so the command trait is that you get to reroll hit rolls of one for the general, whilst the general's um, within 12 of any of the courtiers, uh, of any of the ghouls, sorry. Um, and then the first artifact that you have to take is the decrepit coronet, which is you don't take Battleshock tests for friendly Morgaunt units while they're wholly within 12 of the bearer or wholly within 18 of the bearer if the bearer is your general. So immunity to Battleshock on all those ghouls, pretty great. Your bravery 10 anyway, but I mean, there's stuff that could come in and kill 20, 30 ghouls from a unit of 40, and in which case you are normally losing the unit. So having that and just being immune to Battleshock is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's so, amazing. Um, it's not bad. Um, and the other thing is it's any Morgaunt unit. So it's any unit in your army. So potentially if you took a big unit of Horrors or a big unit of Flayers and you took a load of casualties on them, having them immune to Battleshock as well is pretty useful. Yeah. It, just sa- it just saves you not having to use a command point to um, keep anything alive because you want to use those command points for feeding Frenzy. The thing I find funny with um, all these artifacts of power is why do they bother saying the first hero to receive an artifact? Like, does it? It makes no difference, does it? Like, I could give my. F- it doesn't. Like, how do you know which is your it, first it, hero? You've given just, the artifact. It just means if you give any artifacts, you have to take this one. Yeah. So, like, if you only take one artifact, you have yeah, to you take. Have to you take have to take yeah. this artifact. But yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't mean like on your list or specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just uh, say <laughs> yeah. the next one you picked was. <laughs> well, it would be obvious, isn't it? It'd be this. It would be this other. Yeah. Obviously, you picked that one first, so it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I lo- James would so do that in a game. Like, oh, he's obviously the first one you chose. So. Or <laughs> ask, did you? Was that the first one you chose? Because if you didn't, it doesn't count. You can't you- use it. James would be like, look, right here, top of your there's Ghoul King on Terror Guys. So he's got that artifact because he's the first one, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rules is written. Uh, trolling. Uh, so, James, did you want to do the Hollow Morn? Did you, yeah, did you I'll, I'll do the Hollow, Hollow Morn, considering it's, um, it's my favourite one thus far. So, yeah, so it's got Shattering Charge, so you can re-roll wound rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly Hollow Morn courtier units and friendly Hollow Morn knights. So that's your horrors and your flayers, uh, units that have made a charge. So basically, reroll ones um, to wound on the charge, which, pretty is pretty, which is good. Pretty good. Especially good on to have, um, a, have a little buff like that, no matter where. Like you always, always try and find the buffs for everything, don't you? Yeah, especially on a unit of horrors. Like they're, if they're, they're always going to be near a ghoul king, so they're already rerolling failed hits. Yeah. And then you chuck this on them to reroll fa- uh, failed hit, wound rolls of one. They become very good. Yeah, dude. threes threes by ones, like threes to wound, reroll ones. Yeah, and when this you, army is like yeah. the theme of this army is the is the whole crusading charger kind of vibe. Like, so the command ability is the ravenous crusaders. So you can use this command ability at the start of your hero phase. If you do so, pick one friendly hollow morn unit wholly within nine of a friendly hollow morn hero, or wholly within eighteen of the general. Um, add one to run and charge rolls for that unit into your next hero phase. In addition, until your next hero phase, that unit can still run, can run and still charge later in the same turn. So give give one in one unit plus one to run and charge, and can run and charge. <laughs> yeah, which turn. is amazing. And you just like because you can stack that with your um 
you can put spectral host on that unit, potentially get three units with spectral host, um, and then deranged transformation, get extra movement from that as well, potentially get that on another three units. So you're just like surging forward. One of these units is going a little bit further out. Yeah. Um, the only and... the only thing I have with these is that it's a command ability. Yeah. yeah. So if you took, you can take the delusion, the crusading army delusion, and everything in your army gets plus one to run and charge. Just the one unit, yeah. And then you can have the spell to make run and charge. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and you just don't really want to be spending command points to do that. But I think that being said, if you had one big unit of horrors um, getting across the table, just going, here's plus one to run and charge, and now I can run and charge. Yeah. And then, um, like you say, if you've added... Um, you using the spell on them they don't fly so you make them fly and then you're giving them plus four move as well yeah you can make that movement seven unit horrors especially if you use the one in as you're going to do matt royal mordants yeah the, the slower unit can suddenly be thundering across the board um and then we said that these ones have shattering charge which benefits the horrors the best because they're fours to hit re-rolling yep. generally and then ones to wound like threes by ones It'd be pretty good. Yeah. And uh, so the command trait is, um, so you, you, you general must take this. So it's Grave Robber, which is add one to the attacks, attacks characteristic and damage characteristic of this general's melee weapons. Well, this general is within three inches of any enemy heroes with an artifact of power. So it's kind of... So it's pretty to pointless. Cover. <laughs> well, it'd be good for your duels, wouldn't it? I think it's well, good. It's I, think, uh, I think there's some secret tech there, potentially. Yeah, like because it's that melee weapons, including the mount. I think no, it's just for the. It, it the wouldn't rider. be the. It wouldn't be just the mount. Just for the gen- melee, yeah. Just but, the yeah. general. But I mean, if you, I mean, just think about like an arch regent. They have seven attacks, threes by threes, rend one, damage one. Suddenly, they eight attacks, threes by threes, rend one, damage two. And because that's a trait, if you gave them an artifact, like say the rend three sword. Your arch regent has now got eight attacks, threes by threes, rend three, damage two. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's yeah. not bad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, but again, you probably don't want to spend an artifact doing that that way. But I, yeah, it could be okay. That on a haunter courtier as well isn't bad because it does it to all of their melee weapons, and they have yeah. two profiles or a vargolf. So, even. But even even just a ghoul king on a terrorgeist, like. You're turning him into six attacks, threes and threes, two damage. So possible yep. tw- twelve damage. Add that to the attacks of the mount, like, like yep. the mount. Then it's making him a lot killier. But it's it's only against heroes too with an artifact. So well, it's it's, only there very, it's very situational. Hey, it's only, it's with there with it's it's within three inches of the enemy hero. So you don't have to be attacking the hero. You just have to. Yeah, but the hero team. has to have an artifact too. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, yeah very, it, it is quite situational, but yeah, it, it could be good. I do like the idea of it though. Like you say, James, they're crusading. They're going, you there, you have a relic. I must claim it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite good. Um, yeah, it's like Monty Python or something. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Uh, so Corpse Fane Gauntlet is the artifact of power, so you must take this, the first one, must take this. Um, so after this model makes a charge move, you can pick one enemy unit within one inches of this model and roll a dice. On a two-plus enemy suffers D3 mortal wounds. Yeah, it's so quite handy. It's just a cool little extra bit of chip away when you, yep. when you charge off. I'll put that on my – well, I'll get to the list in a minute, but I'll put that on one of my characters. So I think it was on the Cordier or the Vargolf, I think. But um, 
Yeah, just a neat little D3 mortal wounds on top. Yeah, yeah, it's quite handy. Any mortal wounds that you're putting out for free, like you're taking that, you have to take it. So any any mortal wounds that are pretty much for free are quite handy, I find. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On your blister skin. Two up to D3, not bad. Um, so blister skin, I'm, I'm taking blister skin as my army. Um, their ability is two inch, add two inches to the move characteristic of all blister skin units. So everything in your army, like even then your, your, your terror geists and stuff, their movement 16, um, even horrors, um, what are they? They're normally seven or six, seven. So they're going up to nine. Um, even your Vargul, he's going up to 12, like everything's just, just movement. Like it's, I think it's a lot, people don't see movement as one of the main things, but I I love, I love movement. Um, uh, command ability. You can use this command ability at start of your movement phase. If you do so, pick one friendly blister skin unit that can fly and which is wholly within 12 inches of a friendly blister skin hero or wholly within 18 of your general. Remove that unit from the battlefield, then set it up again anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches from enemy units. Um, I've actually want to play this with my list. Um, as I mentioned earlier with Royal Mordants, so I've got to take a, a Vargul Cordia in my list anyway. So to be able to pick him up, throw him across the board nine inches away from a big enemy unit that I'm I'm wanting to charge with my Flayers, for example, because they're going to be movement ridiculous. Um, they can then charge in, do damage. If they don't kill everything and take a few wounds back, my next hero phase, my Vargul's there ready to heal them up. Um, so I think that little command ability can be quite quite handy, um, yep. especially mainly. I think that's that's where I'm sort of seeing it as being useful, as having that Cordia sitting there ready um, in your next hero phase to be able to heal. Because uh, that's where I, the only thing I find with what I'm going to be running my list as, my flayers are going to be running and getting away from everything else in my army to help buff them. So to keep that hero close by is going to be quite handy. Yeah. So for me, the thing I did with that is the blister skin list I've written is 12 flayers, and I would be using that with the Ghoul King on Terragice of the Grim Garland. So after the Ghoul King has gone in somewhere and he's within six of a unit, I'd be then picking up the 12 flares and dropping them nine away because they their range on their screen is 10 inches. So you can drop them into range. Yeah, but just... I think with their movement, though, you don't... It's got to be a hero, doesn't it? Oh, no, a unit, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I would Personally, I, I think you want your flares to be able to get into combat as well. So, and with their ridiculous movement in this list, they're going to be getting up. They're going to be able to fly there with their just their normal movement anyway. Like, so uh, yeah, that's the only reason I sort of went the hero to be able to throw my Cordia over there because he can fly. But yeah, yeah I see. What, I see what you're saying. You get that free that free shot straight up. Yeah, I'd just use it to move two because the Mordants obviously you can use one unit. So I'd yep. use the Mordants move to maybe move the Horrors because you've got to take a unit of Horrors and a unit of Flares. Yeah, so I'd, yep. I'd use the Mordants move to move the Horrors because they're slower and they don't fly. And then yep. I'd drop the Flayers into range of the Scream anyway. Yeah, that's a good but, idea. Yep. Yeah. Um, command trait, 
If this general's on the battlefield at start of hero phase, roll dice on a four four plus, you receive one additional command point. I think that's pretty that's pretty amazing. done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like it's um out of all the command traits in the grand court, so I think that's probably one of the best ones out of the lot. Um although the gristle gore one's pretty it's good. The, but, it's the second best. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you've got that extra command ability, you're, you're getting that extra attack, aren't you, from the your, your overall command ability thing? Well, yeah, I mean... Feed, feeding frenzy, yeah. We've said so many times how useful command points are in these lists, so being able to get extras on four-ups is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Artifact of Power, it's just one of those things that you have to take. Um, it's going to be okay, but... Uh, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made with missile weapons at target friendly blister skin unit wholly within six of the bearer. So you're just going to be probably chucking that on your arch region or something that's sitting next to the carnal throne. And if he's got a ghoul king standing next to him, they're both going to be neg one to shooting attacks, which they're going to be getting if there's a unit of ghouls. So they're probably, would that be neg two then, I suppose? Yep. Yep. So then they're going to be neg two to shooting. So yeah, quite handy. But um, yeah, it's. I like it. I think of the of the four courts, that's the best artifact. Yeah. That that you have to take. Like the the one area where Feck are going to struggle is against shooting armies, and this is the one item that helps you against shooting. So um, I think it's useful because I mean. That's great for putting, like, that protects your terror guys and your zombie dragons as well. That effectively yeah. gives them lookout, sir. So, yeah. I mean, KO, stuff like that, I'm thinking they normally hit on fours, but they get plus one against heroes, but that negates that for your big monsters. And that's quite a big difference. So, yep. um, yeah, I, quite, I, I think it's quite a decent item. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, it's great that, you know, you have to take it. So, and it's not a bad item. Um, I think blister skin. I think flesh eater courts. I think they're not going to be as susceptible to shooting as what a legions and a gash are. I just they're think fa- yeah, they're fast yeah, enough. You've got enough movement, especially in blister skin, the plus two inch move. Um, and then and then your war scroll battalions getting movement and stuff. I think I think they should be pretty right against most shooty armies. But yeah, yeah, true. Because yeah, I think you can sit out of range of KO actually. Yeah, yeah, and then with the movement, you're going to be moving right up in their face anyway. So, yeah. yep. Um, so that's blister skin. Um, Chris, you you got gristle gore in your list. Yeah, so talk about it. Gristle gore. Um, so the ability they have is peerless ferocity. So if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made by a gristle gore hero or monster is a six, that attack inflicts two hits on the target instead of one. Make a wound and save roll for each. So immediately amazing. Can't turn it off. Any yep. sixes to hit. You're already fishing for sixes to hit on the Terror Ghost Bites to do mortals. You're now doing an extra set of damage as well. Like it doesn't double it doesn't double up the mortal wounds. So if you roll a six to hit with a Terror Ghost more, for example, you'll do six mortal wounds and you'll get to then do that hit. So then you roll to wound and then do D six damage with it. So how does it work with the last sentence there though? Because it says Make a wound and save roll for each hit. So if you rolled that six, yep. it's given you two hits. But what comes out first? The mortal wound? Because if the mortal wound doesn't come out first, then you can't get the mortal wounds because you've got to roll. So the mortal wound wording is if you roll a six to hit, 
then the it does six mortal wounds and the attack sequence ends. So what yep. happens is that hit roll does six mortal wounds and then that hit rolls attack sequence ends. But yep. the the other one because you've generated two hit rolls, you make a wound and save roll. Yeah, it's an extra. You just roll it as if you as if you can roll for a wound on it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, if you went in with three hits and you rolled three sixes, what happens is you do eighteen mortal wounds and then you roll to wound the wound three. And then, yep. yeah, um, <laughs> do another eighteen. <laughs> but that's on it's on every attack with the monsters. Yep. So it's on the claws. It's on the bites. It's on the guys on top. Yeah. So um, and then it's on all your uh, all your and all, it's, all your courtiers too because they're all heroes. Yeah, it's any hero, and it's yep. all the monsters as well. So, um, and the thing we haven't talked about yet is the grand courts unlock battle line options. So mm, yes. the hollow hollow morn unlocks horrors as battle line. Blister Skin yeah. unlocks Flayers as battle line, and Grissel Gore unlocks Zombie Dragons and Terror Geists as battle line. <laughs> so, <laughs> potentially, you can just have three models as your battle line in a Flesh Eater Quartz army. If you take Grissel Gore, you could just have 900 points worth of undead Zombie Dragon or Terror Geist <laughs> as battle line, which is pretty you crazy. End up, you end up with a pretty much a um, Beast Claw Raider list, don't you? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I mean,. There's lists out there with, like, say, take three Arch Regents, take a Ghoul King on Terror Geist, take three Terror Geist, Terror Geist or Zombie Dragons. That's 1,900 points with a couple of command points up to leave. That's a legal <laughs> list. And yeah. then those three, the three Arch Regents can bring on 20 Ghouls each if you want yeah. bodies that way. You get your bodies, yeah. So, <laughs> and you're not paying the points for them in, in the traditional sense anyway. So um, it's cool. But yeah, so the command ability is Call to War, and this is amazing. You can use it in the combat phase, so it's either phase, yours or your opponent's. If a friendly Gristle Gore hero or monster has not fought in that phase, is slain while it is wholly within 12 of a Gristle Gore hero, or wholly within 18 of a friendly Gristle Gore hero that is a general. If you do so, before the model is removed from play, it can make a pile-in move and attack with all of its melee weapons. You cannot pick the same unit to benefit from this ability more than once. So that's what we were saying earlier, comboing that with the spell. Even if someone comes in and one-shots one of your monsters or something, you can just use the command ability and pile in an attack anyway. Um, At full wounds. Full wounds. (laughs) If you roll any sixes, you're getting extras. (laughs) (laughs) um, And then use Feeding Frenzy and do it again. Um, So it'd be good good against Ideneth, I reckon. Armies like Ideneth that can attack first. Yeah, Gristle Gore is going to destroy Ideneth, and the reason for that mainly is because of the command trait. So Savage Savage Strike... This general fights at the start of the combat phase before the players pick any units to fight in that combat phase. So, Trump. always always strikes first, every single time. Not one use, just every yep. phase, every turn, yours and your opponent's, it goes first before anyone picks. So that beats Deepkin. And a Paladin attacks again straight away. And then you use Feeding Frenzy and do it twice. <laughs> so, those, those nine... Morsar Guard that just charged you. Yes, they can do their electric shocks, but it's probably not going to kill you. You've probably got the spell on you to fight as if you hadn't taken any wounds anyway, and then you just pile in twice and take them all off. You've probably but got it, attacks it, on there as well. <laughs> in Ideneth, though, if it's their turn, wouldn't wouldn't they get to pick who goes first uh, because you both got um, at the start of the combat phase? No. So if you read the wording for Ideneth, it's not at the start of the combat phase. What it just says is when picking units to fight in the combat phase, the Ideneth player picks all of their units before yep. the opponent picks one of their units. But okay. that, 
but that is this then counteracts it. It's still fighting in the combat phase, whereas this is at the start of the combat phase before okay. picking anything. Yeah. So this specifically trumps Ideneth. Yeah. yeah right. Oh, so yeah, Ideneth are going to struggle against yeah. uh, <laughs> against Crystal Gore. Um, I think that I think that command trait is probably one of the strongest mechanics in the entire game right now. Um, I mean, if you look at stuff like Doppelganger Cloak, it just got changed so it could only happen once. Yeah. Um, you look well, this, at, but that's pretty much it now. Is Doppelganger Cloak in it? Like it, it's pretty much what that was. Like, but on yeah, and I mean, it's on something that can pile in twice, and yeah. it's getting any sixes that it's hitting on is getting extra attacks. Like, so what if say for example it was my general? I charged in. I attacked with him first. Yeah. I then I then choose a unit to attack, yeah, because it's my turn. Well, so you'd you'd probably attack with him and feeding frenzy, and then you choose a unit. Yeah. So in your turn, you get to go with two of your units first. Yeah, it wouldn't feeding frenzy. You'd have to do feeding frenzy after. No, because feeding you? feeding frenzy happens immediately after something attacks. Oh in combat, yeah. In the yep. combat phase. Okay. So, yeah, so on your turn you can go twice. Yeah. So if you charged in with this guy, you attacked. Then you could say if you had another terrorgeist or something next to him, he could attack, and then you could attack with that terrorgeist again. Although I'm not quite sure if that's the intent because it does say this general fights at the start of the combat phase before the players pick any other units to fight. So it probably counts as you picking your unit, but it just happens before everything else. Yeah, I'd rate it as the other way. I'd rate it as before any units are picked. So he'd fight, and then you get to pick your first unit to pile in the attack. Yeah, true. It's sort of you, you, it's sort of hard, isn't it? It's like you could take yeah. it both ways. So yeah, I mean, in your turn, it's even better then because it means you're going yeah. first. You're going first you with twice two, with two. Yeah, and then they're probably going twice because of feeding frenzy. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, double dragon lists are. <laughs> Ghoul King on Terror Guys, Ghoul King on Zombie Dragon in a Gristle Gore are going to be tearing up the scene for a little while, I think, until people figure out how to deal with them. Um, because at the moment, a lot of shooting has disappeared from the game, and it's yeah. shooting shooting is the way to deal with them. Um, but as you said, they're pretty quick. So yeah, it, can't, yeah. it, can't, it can't be a multiple turns shooting list. It's got to be a kind of something that absolutely wipes them off the table in one volley. Yeah. Um, and, and with their, their healing and stuff, you really gotta yeah kill them. <laughs> I think it'll be stormcast, ballista drops, like long strike, judicate, like lots and lots and lots of shooting lists will be the things that can deal with them. Um, otherwise, it'll just be lists that can have enough chaff. I think Skaven will be able to deal with them. Yeah, because I think they can just chaff them up, and they've got a lot of shooting as well. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's um. It's a phenomenally powerful ability, um, and it will help balance out stuff that people don't like. It's going to balance out probably the two armies that at the moment people are saying are very strong, which is Deepkin and Doors. So yeah. it's, it's quite a well-designed book in that sense of trying to mm-hmm. shake up the meta. It balances it out, but at the same time, they've released another battle tome on the exact same weekend that can probably counteract this in the yeah. Skaven. Yeah. So it's all a big it's all a big game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But then within games here, yeah. The <laughs> on, final on, thing on is the grand scale macro games. 
Yeah. The last thing is the Artifact of Power, which is the Gurish Morshard. And that's once per battle at the start of the combat phase. Pick one enemy model within one of the bearer and roll a dice. If the roll is greater than the model's wound characteristic, it's slain. So pointless. <laughs> it's it's situational. It's potentially useful for like eating a banner or something like that out of yeah. a unit. But to be honest, if you're within one, I think these like zombie dragons and ghoul kings are just going to kill anything they touch. <laughs> and the fact that it's just once per battle is pretty shit. Like if it, I don't think it needs to be once per battle. To be honest, like if you're trying to roll higher than that unit model's wound characteristic. You know, I think a once just, per battle with it. You could just like just fluke a six and take off a five you wound hero. That'll be the thing. Yeah. That'll be you just go fuck it. I mean, I'm in range of a hero. I've rolled a six and taken it off. Yeah, take your toys, take your toys but, off, mate. But you're with him. With you're with him one inch. So if you've if you've done that, you're going to be killing it in the combat phase anyway, aren't you? Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty pointless. It's, but the, it's one of those. Tax. That, yeah. yeah, it's the tax. It's the tax with the gristle gore. Like their first, their command ability, yeah. their ability and command trade are all pretty bloody good. So yeah. they've got to have some downside. Yeah, rolling um, that one six is like the dream roll for a um for the the sacrament uh, black gem. So it's yeah. like if you pick a model, I think it was within three or six or something. Um, or every you pick a point with every model, every unit within three on a six, a model is removed. So you just chuck it at a chuck it at a star drake and roll a six. Well, I'll take your toys off, mate. <laughs> I'd just yeah. love to do that one day with the black gem. Anyway, yeah. so that is <laughs> that's the four courts. So should we take a quick break there, and then we can yep. come back, go through the War Scroll battalions, and then straight into some lists that we've gone through. talk about war scroll battalions so uh we we won't worry about the cannibal court that's just the the stupid one that's in every book that no one can use (laughs) um we'll go on to the first one uh royal family so you get to pick uh, it's either one arch regent one ghoul king on terrorgeist one ghoul king on royal zombie dragon and then two to six abhorrent ghoul kings um, when a friendly courtier within 10 inch of any models from the battalion uses the muster ability, you can roll one extra dice for that courtier when determining how many slain models the muster ability allows you to return. So you roll on seven dice instead of six, which is it's quite handy, especially if you're um, trying to bring, bring back flyers or something like that. You get an extra flyer back or horror. Um, can be quite handy. Um, it's a battalion, so you get an extra artifact, and yeah, you get I a think, couple. Yeah. I think the only issue with this is you have to take two ghoul kings on foot, which you don't. Yeah, really, you don't want exactly. to do. And they made the ability worse than it used to be because it used to just be you add an extra model back if any models get brought back from using muster, you get a guaranteed free one. Oh, yep. Yeah, oh. that's way better. Well, and you could get if at any time you didn't have six ghoul kings, you just got to summon ghoul kings. So, yeah, I, I know why they've got rid of that ability because it would have been a bit nuts with all the extra summoning now, but. Um, I, th- I think the the good thing I do like is all the price drops in the battalions. Like, I think Ghoul Patrol was like two hundred points. I think wasn't it? Yeah, they've all come down a little bit, but they've um, all they've all sort of suffered little nerfs as well. I think as well. So of, yeah, I think pretty much all of the battalions used to have two 
two effects, yeah. and they all just have one effect now. Yep. So we're going to the next one. Attendance at court. You get a crypt. You got to pick crypt, haunt, courtier, and two units of crypt horrors. You can re-roll hit rolls for attacks made by models from this battalion if your general is an abhorrent archregent or abhorrent ghoul king and has not been slain. So that's actually really good. So you don't have to be in range of the, your your ghoul king to get your re-roll hits. Um, so yeah, that's actually quite a good one if you're taking horrors. That'd be probably one thing I'd look at taking if I was doing that. I think that's probably one of the auto picks if you take Hollow Morn, James. Yeah, that's um, what I've taken. Because <laughs> your horrors, your horrors are battle line anyway, so you don't have to make yeah. that courtier the general. Um, yeah. And then you, so you've got two of your battle line already in that, and they're getting all the rerolls. You're charging in threes, rerolling ones. Like, yeah. it's, that's that's the one I would be going to. I think if I was taking Hollow Morn. Yeah, it's in my it's in my list. <laughs> cool. Um, um, so then, Dead Watch. This is one that I'm taking. It's the blister so skin one. <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't have to be blister skin. But yeah, so it's a Crypt Infernal Courtier and then three units of Crypt Flayers. Uh, and this one lets you, in your hero phase, one unit from the battalion that's within three of an enemy unit can pile in and attack with all of its melee weapons. So you get another free pile in, basically, but this one's in the hero phase, so you can't feeding Frenzy after it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's uh, but then you can you can attack in combat phase and feeding frenzy, so, so they you get, get three, three. islands a turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it is expensive. The three units of flayers um, does make it prohibitive. If you're taking it in blister yeah. skin, it's perfect because that's your battle line. But um, yeah, but with the price increase of flayers and that, it's going to be hard, I think, to take three units unless you're taking minimal size units. Um, so that's the main reason I, I didn't take the Dead Watch in mine was the fact that I wanted to take a big unit of flares. So mine's nine nine three three. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, going to Avatar. So you got one Crypt Haunter Cordia, two units of Crypt Horrors, one unit of Crypt Ghouls. The end of the combat phase: roll one dice for each enemy model within three inches of any models from this battalion. For each six, that enemy model's unit suffers one mortal wound. So if you've piled in, if you It'd be awesome against um, big armies, uh, big horde armies, if you can survive. Because um, if you're, you only have to. It's for every model within three inches of your models. So if you've got a big line of models and they've got big lines of models, that's a lot of models that you're rolling sixes. So potentially devastating. <laughs> and it's, yeah, yeah. And the end of the combat phase, not your combat phase. So it happens twice a bow round. Yeah. Um, and yeah, James. Again, this one fully fills your battle line requirement in Hollow Morn. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, probably pretty useless against like Stormcast armies, low model count armies. It's going to be yeah, it's terrible against. But anything with um, yeah, those horde type armies, it's going to be quite good, I reckon. Um, yeah. And then your Ghoul Patrol, it's it's suffered the nerf, but. You take one Crypt Gas Cordia and three units Crypt Ghouls. Uh, instead of setting up unit from the battalion, it, they pretty much they just come on any board edge within nine inches at the end of your first movement phase. But in previous editions, it was um, they also got to heal back models. Um, each each unit of Crypt Ghouls got D6 models back. I think it was. Um, so yeah, it's it, it suffered a huge nerf, but the points have dropped considerably for it too. So I think it's still good if, you, if you're taking the, the what was it, more the court with the M? Morgan. Morgan. If you take the Morgan court, 
you could probably just chuck one of these in because you're going to have the models there um, to get the extra, the less drops, the extra artifact, etc., extra command point. Um, this is the one I think you can put into any of them, to be fair, because it doesn't... You can have whoever you want as your general that way because it immediately does your battle line and gets you the artifact you want. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but it is the most expensive Italian still. It's um 180, and I think the next most is like 120. Yeah. So um, this is the most expensive one, and I think it probably is because of that fact that it does your battle line in any of them. Yeah. But... Um, so the next one's the King's Ghouls. You take one group and cast Cordia, one unit of Crypt Horrors, two units of Crypt Ghouls. Uh, do not take Battleshock tests for the units from this battalion while they're wholly within 18 inches of the Crypt Gas Cordia for the same battalion. So situational, but can be quite good, yeah. Um, you want to keep your Crypt Gas Cordia running up with your Ghouls, and you do that anyway. So wholly within 18, they're always pretty much going to be within that. So, yeah, it's pretty good to not have to worry about Battleshock with those units. Yeah, it's another... That's quite a nice slot-in again to Morgaunt with combining that with the the artifact, which is immune to Battleshock, because you can have... Put that artifact on a different character, and then they have to take out two characters to stop you being immune to Battleshock. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, the next one's one I'm actually taking, so it's called Royal Mordants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one Vargulf Cordia, one unit of Crypt Horrors, one unit of Crypt Flyers, and one unit of Crypt Ghouls. Uh, in your hero phase, pick one unit from this battalion, wholly within 16 inches of the Vargulf Cordia from the same battalion. That unit can make a normal move. So if you got this in the blister skin, you got plus two inches. If you've cast the spell to get plus four inches, your flyers are moving 18 inches in the hero phase. They then also get to move in the movement phase and then shoot, charge, etc. So what's that, 30, 36 inches of movement? plus a charge, so yeah. 40, 44, 48-inch uh, threat range is uh, pretty massive. Um, yep. Um, yeah. But then it's also good, like, once you've done that with your flares, then you've still got your horrors and that you could throw up the board as well. Or if you've got a, a horror build as well, you could be using them to throw them up the board. So it's quite yeah. versatile. Or even just your ghouls to give them some more speed to keep up with flayers. Yeah. Like if you your movement six ghouls, you make them move twice, they're moving twelve and moving twelve with your flayers. So yeah, it's it's a really nice kind of um flexible battalion. Um, and I, I like how it's got a few different units in it too. So they're pretty much units that you're gonna take in a list anyway. Like I I feel like you could take all those in a list no matter what. So the fact that yeah, it's you're not sort of too limited, but um, yeah, I think it's quite a good little battalion. Yep. Um, so then there's the Royal Menagerie, which you're going to see in a lot of Gristle Gore lists, I think, because <laughs> it's three plus Royal Terrorgeists or Royal Zombie Dragons in any combination. So yeah. these are unridden ones. Um, and then in your hero phase, you can heal up to D3 wounds allocated to each model from this battalion that's within five of any other models from the same battalion. Um, it's a shame that it's lost the secondary ability it used to have where they all got to move six inches because it just got them across the board that bit quicker. Because um, they still, need it. <laughs> taking, taking that um, inside Gristlegore fulfills your battle line and your battalion. If you want to do three monsters as battle line and it gets you your battalion and then they all get to heal like the mounted Ghoul Kings, uh, the mounted Terrorgeists do. Um, so yeah, it's... Um, 
pretty cool. So they also, um, like a royal terrorgeist, it also heals D3 in the hero phase, doesn't it, normally? Within six inches of a friendly abhorrent. Yeah. So they, they're healing 2D3 then, if you take that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, yeah, healing 2D3, battle lines sorted, and yeah. you've got an extra battalion and an extra command point, and you've lowered your drops. So yeah. it's not bad. Um, so yeah, that's all of the battalions. Um, so let's move on to going through some lists we've done. Um, let's do yours, James. You haven't yeah. really spoke about yours too much. <laughs> well, um, as you as I mentioned earlier, I've gone with the Hollowmorn Grand Court. Uh, so basically in Shimon because that's where they hail from. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so leaders, I've got an abhorrent arch regent uh, with the dermal robe and deranged transformation for his spell. So that's the uh, plus, plus ones to cast, unbind, and dispel. And drain transformation. That's the that's the movement one, isn't it? Sorry. Um, yes. Drain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah, yeah. plus wounds characteristic to your movement. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So he's there up there doing that. I'm going to most likely keep him near the um, the throne to begin with. Yep. Um, I've made my general the abhorrent ghoul king on the royal terrorgeist. Um, given him the grim garland, as we mentioned earlier. Um, grave robber, which is the one he has to take, which is the the one where he gets um, to add one to his attacks characteristic if he's within three of enemy heroes with an artifact. Because yep. he's, fir- he's your first hero, right? <laughs> yeah, well, he was my first hero, yeah. <laughs> uh. um, and I, fig- I figured, like, because he's more mobile, he'll be getting up in there and that that um, command trait will be more useful because he's more mobile. Yep. Um, and I've g- I, the spell I gave him was Spectral Host, which is the uh, run and charge fly... Yep, you can fly, etc., and potentially get three more units with that um, goodness happening. So um, that's what he's got, and obviously gruesome bite onto the uh, terrorgeist. I've uh, taken two battalions, so I've taken the attendance at court, as we mentioned before, which is the reroll hits for the um, Crypt yep. and two units of the Crypt Ghouls. So that's um, that's in the there. horrors. The horrors, yeah. Uh, sorry, horrors. Yep. My bad. Yep, and. Um, then I've got Royal Mordants, which is one uh, I think you've got in yours. Um, yeah, in mine. Yeah, yeah, just like because I love the Vargolf model, and um, I just yeah, like as you said, like it's you would want these units in your army anyway, and, and having that ability to move and just kind of stacking that with the inherent abilities in the Grand Court as well, being yeah. able to get that extra movement. Like I can pick a, I can pick a unit and um, run and charge it. Give it X. It's got plus one to run and charge. And also another move in the um, hero phase, so I can really get something right up in there. So how many drops is your list then with those two? Um, it is... You can you can drop each battalion as one. Each battalion is yeah. one drop, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it'd be minimum two, but whatever no, four other drop stuff. You've got That's a right. guys. Yeah, yeah, so four. Yeah, yeah it's four, four drop list. And, uh, what size so, units? Have you taken? Um, I've taken minimum. So I've got the Crypt Haunter Cordia for the um, <clears throat> for the attendance at court and Vargolf for the Royal Mordants. So with with that, the spread is uh, three units of Crypt Horrors, three units of three. Yeah. Uh, unit of ten Crypt Ghouls and the Crypt Flayers, three Crypt Flayers. And um, I've taken all three um, endless spells. 
So I've taken the Shell's Corpse Mirror and the Cadaveris Barricade. Oh, we yeah. didn't talk about that, I was, did we? I was just going to say we probably should talk about the Endless Spell. <laughs> yeah, we should probably get into that. But, um, I'll yeah, finish your list. Because <laughs> I just want, I, I think they, like, why not? Let's, let's, let's put them in the list. And I can, I was think, actually thinking about putting 20 ghouls in for that battalion, but then I thought, well, I can just summon on 20 ghouls if I want to, or I can summon on more of the flares because I thought, well, it's not really not many flares and they are fast and they're cool. So but then I th- remembered, well, I can just summon them on using the Arch Regent um, and the Ghoul King. So, yeah, there's there's that and then there's all the other stuff you can just summon on. <laughs> so, yep. yeah. That's cool. my list. Yeah, cool. It's got a few synergies there. It's quite interesting you've got two battalions in there. Um, yeah, well, I've got, yeah. I just wanted to... Still only 180 points, though, which is good. Yeah, true. Same as one ghoul patrol. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think just the fact that you have to take all those other units, um, mm. it's obviously reflecting the fact that you've got you've had to take minimums. Yeah, um, that's that's the thing. Like, big... actually, as we've been talking and stuff, I've been looking, sort of scrolling through it thinking, well, for the kind of mechanics that are in the abilities and everything, like, it's better to have, if I'm going to throw one unit forward, um, three crit horrors is probably not that cool to throw forward <laughs> you uh, yeah a... and i mean the way the muster ability works with the courtiers is generally you need bigger units um yeah and with with that bar golf and the haunter you'd be able to have two cracks at bringing back horrors so you probably want to try and somehow fit bigger ones in yeah um at least one three <laughs> yeah at uh, one six sorry but um yeah well that's yeah. Yeah, it's it's a first iteration um but yeah yeah, should we quickly go through the endless spells then, so that we've got context of what they do as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, James, do you want to do the barricade? Yeah, I'll, I'll do the, the the barricade. Is cool. So it's um, cast on a five. Only Nagash or Abhorrence can can cast it. Um, set up the barricade wholly within twenty four and more than one inch from enemy models, enemy units. Uh, so it's grasping hand. So basically, you're going to cast that if you're setting up 12 inches from enemy territory. You can put that, set it up right in front of your um, enemy's army. Um, yep. And it's essentially like a, it's basically just planning a spectral grasp spell right in the middle of, your, of their force. So if a model starts a move within three inches of this model, half the distance that model can move when it makes the move. Um, death units are not affected by this ability. It also. When a missile weapons targets a unit that has all of its models within one inches of this model, then the target receives the benefit of cover. If the attacking model is close to this model, then it is to the, tar- the target unit. So it's that little buff for um, a save, very situational, um, benefit smaller units. But I haven't seen the model yet, so I don't know how wide it is, but you could get a, a unit behind that to benefit from that if you really needed to. It's, um, um, it's quite interesting, the- though. Yeah. It's interesting how they've worded the... Uh- the grasping hands. So they've said if a model starts, that model's halved. So if you oh, had a yeah. whole unit, like your whole unit could still move. It would just be three or four models that are within the three inches three. only yeah. halve move. So you could yeah. still move your unit up the board pretty well, I reckon. Yeah, like, yeah it's true. Yeah. yeah, It's quite interesting how they've worded it as model and no no mention of unit. Mm. Yeah, well, those um, the hands that are reaching out and grabbing them wouldn't be able to grab the whole unit, would they? Yeah. No, true. but the the spell I think in the death book is the whole unit, isn't it? It is the whole unit. Yeah, it's yeah. like a watered down version. Then yeah. Yep. yep. It's quite good though. Yeah, I mean, twenty four inch setup range and models within three does mean turn one potentially. It's you could do like, straight away. 
if you're playing KO or something like that again, and you're like, well, I'm going to set up 26 inches away from you, dump this down straight in front of the middle line. They can't move over it. They have to move around it. They're only yeah. movement four. They're only going to be able to move two. They probably can't actually get in range anyway. And then you just fly and hit them. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it's yeah. not one that I'd really looked at, but eh, it's actually okay. It's quite a long model as well. So you can use it to just block board space. Yeah. Be good yeah. against um stormcast armies like with their their heavy hitters that are only movement four whatever they are um yeah. they they're going to be stuck behind it and not be able to get around it yeah um, um cool so then there's the chalice of usharan which I think you'll see in most lists um so it casts on a six and you set it up wholly within twenty four inches it's quite a small base I think it's only on like a forty mil so it's quite easy to fit. And then its ability, Soul Stealer. So you keep track of the number of models that are slain within 12 inches of this model each turn. At the end of each turn, roll a dice for each model that was slain within 12 of this model during that turn. For each 4+, heal one wound allocated to one Flesh Eater Quartz model within 12 of this model, or retain one slain model to one Flesh Eater Quartz unit with a wound characteristic of one that is wholly within 12 of this model. So, potentially with that, you can fully heal like a Terrorgeist or a Zombie Dragon every single turn if mm-hmm. stuff is dying even if it's your own ghouls like you could yeah. be sending your ghouls in yeah. they get killed every single model that's dying within 12 half of that number is being healed back in wounds yeah so like and that's your opponent as well it's not just fleshy course models it's every model um and vice versa you can use that to pretty much make your ghouls unkillable so if you've got your if you've got blocks of 40 that are immune to battle shock and then they go in and 30 of them die to this, you roll 30 dice plus any models from your opponent that died, and half of them are just getting added straight back into the ghoul unit. It doesn't yeah. move, though, this spell. So you, It you doesn't have move. To, yeah. no. have to, you just plant it where you're going to do your fighting, and then you might have to dispel it and set up somewhere so else. It'd be good, too. Like, if you... Say you cast it up the board 24 inches next to a big unit that you want to kill with... With your dragon or whatever, you fly your dragon up, and then you don't have to go like you want to cast that um that spell on your dragon that uh, ignores it's always a wound value of zero or whatever. Yeah. So you could you could just attack with that dragon last, like so he could take ten wounds in a combat, wouldn't matter. Attack with him last, destroy the unit of twenty pe- twenty models or whatever, and then he's going to pretty much heal back up to full anyway. So yeah. it just means that you can. Yeah, you don't have to go with that combat first. Yeah, it's a, it's another little um. So again, yeah. in, Gr- in Gore, essentially, you've got three dragons that you can <laughs> go with that you don't really care about. You're going to be rolling a lot of dice, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not that many. You're just going to do so much damage because they're all high attacks. Like yeah. But yeah, it, models are slain, so that's your own models as well. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Just send ghouls in to die to heal up your beasties if you want. <laughs> well, we'll go on to the um, so the corpse mayor stampede. Um, yeah. Casting value is seven, so a bit harder to cast, but it's a bit rando with the the setting up because it's got to be it's three d six, so you know anywhere between three and eighteen inches away. But then it also moves fourteen inches, so yeah, it's good. It's pretty pretty bloody handy. Um, it. So you roll 
after it's moved, so you're moving 14 inches, you roll five dice for each unit that it has any models it's passed across. For each roll that is more than that unit's wounds characteristic, that unit suffers one mortal wound. So going over units that are one wound mo one wound models, it's always going to do one mortal wound to them for each roll. And then for on each the roll of a six, yeah. Because it has to be more, but yeah, on a two up. Oh, yeah, yep, yeah. And then for each roll of a six, uh, they're suffering D3 mortal wounds. So five dice, a lot of the time, you know, on average, you're probably going to get at least one six each time. So hmm. you're always doing D3 mortal wounds. Um, and it also good for if you if you ran it across a multi-wound hero, like a even a 10-wound ten, ten hero, if you roll five sixes, like you're not going to do that, but... If you're rolling five sixes, they're always going to suffer D3 mortal wounds. So, yeah. and it's a cool looking model. It's a really yeah. cool looking model. Yeah. And then so 14 that, inches, like you're going to oh, get it in the right position. You could just carve across the well, front yeah. line. <laughs> well, if even if you, you know, you're rolling three D6. So, say you did get 18, for example, 18 and 24, you got moving 32. So, you're moving over your enemy's front lines. And they're getting into their heroes and sitting there. And then if they win priority for the the following turn and they give it to you or whatever, they have they have to move. Well, you have to move it. You don't have to move it, but it means that they're going to have to fly over their own army to get to you to hurt you. So yeah, I think it's it's quite a good little spell actually. I, I like it. I probably yeah. like it the most as as a damage spell because it's not going to come back at you too often. I find whereas a lot of damage spells tend to. That's where I've found in the past. I don't like taking in the spells, is because they tend to always come back at you and and hurt you even more than what you've done to the enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I quite like about it is, although it can hurt your stuff, especially if you combine it with the chalice, I think Feck is probably one of the armies where you don't care if it does get turned against you yeah. because yeah. against horrors and flares. It's only going to do a mortal wound on a five, or if you roll sixes, and then yep. against ghouls, if it kills them, it's just topping up your chalice yep. anyway. And then, like your characters, we've already said how they can fight and not really care if they're wounded, and they can heal up anyway. So, uh, yeah, I do think it's actually really underrated, especially against any kind of elite single wound things. I mean, this is exactly the reason people hate running Temple Guard in Seraphon. Because they can have two up re-rollable saves, but they're really expensive and they've got no mortal wound save. And if someone's taking MSU of that, like they take the battalion of Eternal Guard or whatever that's three units of them, and they took three fives, and you just run over all three of them. You're probably going to wipe. Yeah. All, you're probably going to wipe all of them in a turn. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's actually really underrated. Um. Yeah, I think it's quite good. And it looks really cool, like the model itself. Yeah, really cool. I've seen some painted ones already on the death pages yeah. and stuff, and they look amazing. Like Deke's yeah, Deke done, Deke done Deke. one. Um, there's been a few on the Flesh Eater Quartz page, and yeah, they look really good. Cool. All right. So that is the three Ender spells. So, Matt, do you want to go through your list that you think yep. you're going to do? Yep. So I've, um, as said before, I'm going with uh, Blister Skin. <laughs> Um, taking a Borant Ghoul King on foot as my general. Um, main reason for that is the 
command abilities and stuff I have to take with the blister skin. So he's got the... I'm giving him the uh, eye of Hish, so the neg one to shooting, um, and also giving him the hellish orator, because I made sure he was the first hero to receive an artifact. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he, he also... He's... He's a he's a model that you're going to keep in your backlines anyway. So, with the hellish orator on him on the four plus, while he's still alive, he's receiving additional command points. So, just hide him next to the throne. He's going to have that four plus getting the command point back, and he's neg one to shooting, neg two possibly if I've got ghouls near him. So, he should should survive most of the most of the game hopefully, and be generating command points. I've also given him the spell, the deranged transformations, the movement one. Um, so he's got that. And my next hero is a Vargulf Cordia. He's just running with nothing, but he's in there because of my battalion. Uh, a Byron Ghoul King on Terrorgeist. Uh, he's got the Grim Garland for the reroll failed hits on his bite. Uh, I've got Blood Feast on him which is... What's Blood Feast? That's the damaging spell, like Vile Transference. Yeah, it's a spell in it, yep. <clears throat> um, so that's there just... Yeah, because he's obviously... He's going to be running up into the enemy lines, so he's there to hopefully heal. Um, and, yeah, the Gruesome Bite. And then I've got the Abhorrent Arch Regent with Monstrous Vigor. So give hopefully cast that on the Ghoul King on Terrorgeist. Um, so he's always at zero wounds. Then I've got two units of ten ghouls, a unit of nine flayers, a unit of three horrors, and the corpse mayor stampede. Um, also taking the royal mordants uh, um, battalion. Uh, and with my list, the ghoul king, he'll be summoning his ten, ten serfs. The Ghoul King on Terrorgeist, he'll be bringing a unit of three knights, so I'll probably be bringing a unit of three horrors with him. And the Arch Regent will probably be... I'm getting the model, so probably the 20 serfs or whatever. He's 20 serfs, isn't he? Yep, so he'll probably bring the 20 serfs with him. I don't think I'll need more knights or a courtier. Um, But he can bring... He can possibly bring a courtier if I want. Um, so, yeah, my plan is to run... I've pretty much talked about it already, but to run the Ghoul King on Terrorgeist. Um, he's going to have plus two-inch move, so he'll be moving up the board 16 inches. The Flayers, hopefully first turn, will be getting their um, free move in the hero phase, then their move in the movement phase. Um so they'll be right up the board. I'll also be throwing um, my Vargulf across the board with the command ability from um, Blister Skin. So everything, they, those three units will be sort of up the board helping each other and doing a shitload of damage. And then just my ghouls and horrors and the ones that I all summon and stuff will be running around the board taking objectives, hopefully. Um, and, yeah, and then obviously the... The Corpse Mayor Stampede. I actually only just threw that in as we were talking about it because I'm like, uh, I took out... I had another unit of 10 ghouls, but I think the Stampede might is a lot better than 10 ghouls, so I've chucked it in. So, yeah, my, my list is uh, drops. It's one, two, three, 
One, two, three, four, five drops, I think. Five or six. So it's not low, but it's still, yeah, it is what it is. But, yeah. I'm also at 19.50, so I get an extra command point. So I start the game with two command points, plus in my first turn I'll have three. So. Yeah, cool. And could be generating more each turn. So going to have a lot of command points to be spending. Yep, you'll be using them. <laughs> yes, yeah, especially like if I take the throne, I'm not going to be using them to summon units. So it'll all be for feeding frenzy. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so that's my list. What's yours, Chris? Oh, so I will go through my no court. No courts. Yeah. So this is so my delusion because I get to choose one is feast day. So I get to use feeding frenzy for free once per turn. Because <laughs> um, obviously this is the anti court. Yeah. So I have <laughs> I have gone for a dead watch. So that means that I've got three units of crypt flares and a crypt infernal courtier. Um, that is my general. So they, that makes the flayers battle line. So my battle line is the three units of flayers. My general, as the Crypt Infernal, has taken Dark Acolyte, which is the one that makes him a wizard, and he gets the um, Abhorrent Bull King spell. So I have the plus one attack spell that I can cast with him. Um, and then I've got two Abhorrent Arch Regents. One of them has got the Dermal Robe, so that gives him the pluses to cast, um, Dispel and Unbind. And he takes Spectral Host, so um, that's the movement um, one of the movement spells, the run and charge. And then the other Abhorrent Arch Regent has got deranged transformation for adding movement, uh, the wounds value to the movement. And then I've got an Abhorrent Ghoul King on Terrorgeist with the Grim Garland. And he has also got Gruesome Bite command trait for the rerolls of the bite. And then he's got the Monstrous Vigor spell so that he can cast it and keep his wounds counting as zero. And my flares are 933. In Deadwatch, and then I've got the Chalice of Usharan, and just for the healing on the Terrorgeist, and then I've got the Chronomantic Cogs, and that would be for the Terrorgeist to rewind time, so that he can cast both the spell on his War Scroll, which is the five-up board save, and the Monstrous Vigor spell every turn, and he has a four-up rerollable save. So then yep. he's got four-up rerollable save with a five-up ward with a six-up Deathless. And, he's, <laughs> and then he's got the chalice to heal. Um, and then every single turn I can Feeding Frenzy for free. And I start with two command points. And it's 1980, so potentially there's a triumph in there for reroll hits or wounds or saves. Yeah. So, um, and the two arch regents will always summon a Vargolf. And the Ghoul King will summon on probably three more flayers. So I'll actually have 9333. In flares, and I'm going to have the Crypt Infernal and two Vargoths. So I'll have three courtiers that can bring back the nine flares. So basically, those nine flares shouldn't die because if I need them to, I can put the Ghoul King, spe- the Terrorgeist spell on, on, to, on the flares so they can be nine of them with the five upward save with three courtiers to bring them back, fighting in the hero phase with Dead Watch and then combat phase and then piling in for free with Feeding Frenzy every turn. Um, and the Abhorrent Kungul. Ghoul King can use that as well if I don't have a hero in range for the flares, or I can just spend a command point and have the Ghoul King on Terrorgeist and the flares fighting. So, um, yeah, that's my my list. So I tried a similar list um, 
few days ago on the weekend um, against Ash McEwen's CanCon Nighthorn list. Um, but I didn't have the Ghoul King on Terrorgeist. Um, instead, I had two units of nine flayers. Um, <laughs> and a Vargolf in there. So I had four courtiers, but they were split into two sets of two. Um, but I found with the nine flayers, the two lots of nine, obviously only one of them compiling in the hero phase. Yeah. Um, and the other one was just kind of sitting there um, and couldn't take advantage of the piling. Whereas having a character, they're always in range of themselves. So I thought I'll put in the Ghoul King on Terrorgeist because he brings in three more flayers anyway. So I had to drop six flayers to make him fit. But then I gained three by taking him. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think he brings a lot more to the list. So um, I'm keen to see how this one goes. The game against Ash went pretty well. I uh, I only lost three flayers and a summoned Vargolf, and I managed to table him um, and won the scenario pretty convincingly. So um, well. yeah, right. <laughs> the list has a lot of power. The, the feeding frenzy... The feast day was amazing. Like every single combat phase, just being like, I'm just going to pile in an attack again. Like yeah. even even in Ash's turn, just on the like a Vargolf, because I attacked and then I was like, oh, I might as well just pile in and go again because he's a hero, so he's in range of the command ability. I'll just do it again. Yeah. So like I'd, I'd go in, I'd not quite kill a unit, and I'd be like, oh, and I'd just go, oh, just pile in and attack again. And then I just <laughs> like every single turn, it is a bit bonkers because it's essentially ten command points. So it's like five hundred points in your list. So yeah, it's, yeah, well, it's really good. Is it um? How did Ash take it? Was it was it was it a bit demoralizing or was he? No, it was a good game. I think he was confident turn one because like he came in in like he came in, he killed my three flayers straight off, um, and was on the side. He'd got good board control. I think he felt happy, and then. I got the spell off for plus two attacks on one of the big units of nine. So I had all the buffs. I had, like, I took a photo and I had, like, five buff dice, I think, by one of my units of nine, because I got, I got Spectral Host and Deranged Transformation off so that they were plus four movement, run and charge. Um, and then I got plus two attack spell from the Arch Regent. So they were six attacks of model, and then I put Mystic Shield on them for good measure. And then <laughs> I just, I said, I know ran them across i used a command point to run them six oh no i was going to but i rolled a five so i didn't need to and then i charged all the way across to the middle objective into Rikonor and uh his 10 chain rasps that he put there and i just took off Rikonor and then he counter charged it with his black coach and then all of his blade geists and everything that he had sent in um that had killed my three flares he counter charged into the nine I think he killed four of my flayers, didn't kill either of the courtiers, and then the Vargolf brought back three, the Infernal brought back two, so then <laughs> all, all nine all nine were back, and then I just went pile in, pile in, pile in, and just took it all off. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you manage to use their Scream at all in nah, combat? And I didn't do a single mortal wound from Screaming, because he was Bravery 10. Yeah. And yeah. The, the characters that I had with the Grim Garland, and I had... In that list, it was the Grim Garland was on the Arch Regent, which I was using on my home objective, so he wasn't in range. And I'd taken the Flesh Form Raiment for the other minus one, and I'd taken Grave Tide, but none of it was in range, so I had no minuses. Um, uh, yeah. But I just, but it helped because I, I wouldn't have done any damage anyway, and it made me go 
I don't care about running and charging and foregoing my shooting attack then because yeah. I, I wasn't going to do any damage. And I still tore through him without doing a single mortal wound from shooting. So again, against normal bravery armies, like it Very will true. just tear them to shreds. Yeah. Like yeah. it's <laughs> it's actually quite ridiculous how powerful it is. Yeah. But yeah. Um but it'll get shot to hell and yeah. So we'll see. Um but yeah, that's that's my non um my non court list, so um do you so have any others? The you know, the peak anti court list there. <laughs> I've got more. I've got more. But, I'm sure um, you do. Um, <laughs> you evil bastard. No, yeah. um, oh, that's that's inspiring, man. Like, yeah, it's. I'm gonna re totally rethink it, but I think with personally, like, I kind of I'll start off in a base like that, and I I sort of learn my lessons through my games. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that great with the whole theory hammer side of thing, but um, so I'll, I'll play if I end up painting this list, it'll be. Play a game. Okay, I need more of this. Get some of that. Paint that. Put that in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need more of this. Oh, that didn't quite work. I'll oh, try that again. I'll do something else now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, are you guys actually? Well, I know Chris, you are. You've um, got a I'm in the pipeline, and, and Matt, you've already got um, for some flesh eater um, army as well. Yeah, I've I've already got um, oh, I've got a terrorgeist, a dragon. Um, I've got ghoul king on foot. Um. Six horrors and forty ghouls plus some cryptgas ghouls courtier things. Um, the beginnings of a yeah. So um, I've got about I think I've got about sixteen hundred points, eighteen hundred points already. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I want to buy nine flares is what I need, and that'll take <laughs> that'll be. I've got everything else then. Like I've oh and the arch regent. Sorry. Yeah. So well, I'm thinking I'm gonna try and buy the that box set and um just add another unit of three flyers and then I'm pretty well set. Yeah. I don't want to go too many too many big big models. Um I don't I've never really liked building lists with too many big points models. Like I like having one or two but yeah, it sort of even in like when I had Beast Claw Raiders I only really had a couple of big big guys cuz I just I prefer more numbers stuff like that so yeah yeah i mean i've literally got yeah i can run any of them <laughs> you've got about ten thousand points worth. yeah yeah i've got four big pieces <laughs> i've got 18 flares i've got 12 horrors i've got about 100 ghouls i've got one of, one of each of the courtiers i've got two vargolfs like i'm How good have you had all those four you've had them for you probably had a few uh, years. <laughs> I've, had, I've had kind of half of it probably for a year or two. Someone was selling them cheap and I just bought them and <laughs> they've been sitting in a drawer. And then I got the flare half and a couple more flappies from Liam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I bought one half of the, the new box set to get the arch regent. So I got six more. So I got some more ghouls and then the six more horrors because I had six and now I've got 12. So I yeah. can do... Yeah, I can do any kind of list, but um, which is cool because I'm looking forward to it. Like, I've got a list here that is six models. I mean, <laughs> like, it's Grisogor, Monster Mash. Like, you've got three. I've got Terrorgeist, Zombie Dragon, Terrorgeist as my battle line, and Borant Ghoul King on Terrorgeist as the general, two Arch Regents, Royal Menagerie, and then Cogs, Chalice, and Gravetide. That's <laughs> it's six models, but the, but you get the Arch. 20. Yeah, the Arch Regents, if I want, can bring on 40. And yeah. then the Ghoul King brings on three, like three flares or whatever. Um, 
But like it could work. I mean, Ben Johnson went five and zero at the at Sheffield Slaughter this past weekend, and he had Bristol Gore with Royal Menagerie. So I think his was, yeah, I think his was basically that. I think it was like a Ghoul King, two Arch Regents, and then three the Menagerie and the three, yeah, and then it was the three fleshy Court um, endless spells. So his was that. It was six models. Yeah. Plus summoning pool. To start with, yeah. Yeah, like... It's... You'd, you'd want to hope your opponent doesn't kill those uh, two arch regions before you get a turn. Because <laughs> you're uh, going to be very limited on numbers then. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing a... Yeah, it's like a two or three drop somehow kind of Stormcast list or something that outdrops you and just shoot, comes down and shoots them all off. You're yeah. in trouble. But, um, <laughs> but even then, I don't know if you would be. Because I just... Gristlegore, those monsters will just go through so much... Like, yeah. it's a bit bonkers. So, um, who needs bodies? I'm quite looking forward to seeing how it pads out in a few more months. But, yeah, well, most of my stuff was, um, it's all painted, all my army, because I, I used pretty much the whole lot of it in the first CanCon. It was, uh, when I took Mixed Death, I pretty much took, I took Ghoul Patrol, and then a, I took Terrorgeist and a, um, Ghoul King on Zombie Dragon, took both. Um, and yeah, it was pretty much everything I've got already. So everything's already painted. I just got to add the few models, and I'm done. So should be yeah. easy. I don't actually have any <clears throat> flesh eater courts models at the moment. So what are you talk about? You got a Bretonian army? Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's the excuse, James. Put them on rounds that's and use thing, your, use your Bretonians as feck. It would be awesome. <laughs> like you'd have to do some conversions anyway with basing to get the base sizes right, but I genuinely think that would be awesome, and I think people would like seeing it on the table. Yeah, <laughs> it would work. It, it would work. Just paint yeah. them up. Like all you gotta do is paint. Even a lot of it, just paint it as like dead skin and stuff. Um, <laughs> it, don't even bother. Just full regal. <laughs> <laughs> just rebase onto the like. So I would Pegasus Knights. Onto... Pegasus Knights of Flares. Normal Knights of Horrors. Yeah. Done. <laughs> well, my Peg- Pegasus knights are the flares. Yeah. Normal, <laughs> normal cavalry knights would be yeah. horrors. It would be and horrors. Yeah, I'd have to do a horror heavy just list. Put them on rounds. Just put them on rounds, and yeah, your, gr- your griffin. Yeah, griffins are your terror guys or your zombie well, dragon. I'd have to rebase King Lou and then put him on a massive base. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just get a slot tiny just, on there. Just get a slot in base, or just do it. I think it'd be awesome. It's a it's an awesome army that you can actually use and play, and it's great. Like it fits the fluff. It well, does. Um, I'd probably like if I was gonna do yeah terror guys. I'd I'd probably just use the um the griffins. The Empire. Griffins. I was gonna say if you know the island of blood set where you get the plastic griffin. Yeah, yeah. I've got three of them sitting under my desk if you want, and you okay. can do it. I've got one as well, but um. I've got actually it's not going to cost you I'm anything, James. Look, it's easy. It. <laughs> I want to see it. CanCon 2020. Bretonian fleshy is. <laughs> I want to see it, James. Come on. <laughs> I've got like I've got a um, paladin on foot. It could be definitely be like one of the the horrors or something. The archer yeah, could exactly. be. Yeah. You know you want to do it. He's doing it. <laughs> He's already yes. looking at yeah. The Bretonians <laughs> are finally getting based. <laughs> Yep. They're coming. Okay. Back, they're right. coming back as ghouls. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> yes, it, I might. Like, I might. I'm not. I'm not. Still not sold, but it's very, very tempting, and it will save me a lot of money. <laughs> start calling you Blake Kerwick. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think you should do it. And you can get some artwork and everything and do like some story written up behind it for how they've for what how they see themselves and yeah. everything. It'd be amazing. <laughs> instead of a um instead of a, a like a charnel throne, you can just use the trebuchet for that or something. Yeah. Exactly. You could do a really cool display board too. You could have like half a display board of of your Bretonian models, and then like the other half could be like um, the actual proper ghoul models and actual, stuff, yeah, and have like a mirror or something down the like a glass bit down the middle that this is what they actually are. This is what they think they are. Yeah, you know? yeah that'd be cool. Oh, very tempting. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool. Or just use some of your your generic death that you're not using and do like do some humans and stuff that they're like coming against like the good guys yeah a- actual good guys like elves and stuff that are like standing like on the other side of the battlefield like going what the hell and then it's literally <laughs> half a bretonian army next to half a nagash legion's army all charging together but it'd be really funny <laughs> oh that's awesome what? i'm gonna make it happen people i'm gonna pressure him and <laughs> i think we did yeah got to be done <laughs> so well, you're right, never going to use right that in. army anyway you'll never use it again yeah, yeah it's it's kind of in the back pocket for like a a mixed order one day maybe i don't know so they're still all on squares i've got to get back together don't i yeah either way they need to be around so <laughs> <laughs> let's do it james come on it would be awesome all right uh, maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm, I don't want to declare it on, on record, okay? Because it's like an army—it's an army that you painted with love, and you love it, but it doesn't—you don't get to play with it. And Fleck, like Fleck, are quite strong now, so you could quite easily do just a me. list and just charge across the table and smash people with your Bretonians for once. Yep. Ah, oh, such a good idea. Okay, well, um, I will take it into consideration. Noted. Oh. Talk to me if you want the Griffins to make terror guys. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, um, okay. I think that wraps it up. I so. think we should wrap it up, yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much, Matt, for uh, giving us your time and coming on and um, giving yeah, us your, your thoughts on the book. Thanks for inviting me on again. It was great. No, it was good. Always enjoy a chat. So um, good to chat to you boys again. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, um, thanks. Any uh, shout-outs? No, no. If you're on, are you on social? Are you on social media? Can people find yeah, you? Yeah, I'm on. Uh, yeah, on Facebook and um, and Twitter. It's, they're the best places to see me. Just under Matthew Tyrrell, um, cool. for both. So yeah, pretty what? easy to find. I have noticed you've started owning the mail. You've started. Is that on? Yeah, Twitter? Isn't that on so Twitter? On, yeah, on Twitter. I uh, put like in brackets in my, the middle of my name as the mayor. Uh, I got to do it. It's, as I said on your last episode, I said there was people at frigging at CanCon. I was like chatting to them. They come up, uh, chatting to me and stuff. And then, like, I was talking to Adam and that. And then, like, Adam's like, "Yeah, this is Matthew." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, hi, Matt. How you going?" And then, like, they'll be talking. And then someone mentioned the mayor, and they're like, "Oh, is that the mayor Dubbo? Oh, oh, is that who he is?" And I'm like. Yeah, you've been talking to me for like ten minutes, dude. <laughs> He's like, oh, I didn't realize you're the mayor. I'll, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, oh, sorry, but... sir. <laughs> yeah. You gotta so... change. You gotta change your Twitter handle to at Mayor of Dubbo. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like... Adam, if you're listening, you've um, created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Adam. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Adam. <laughs> uh, Who's Adam again? I've forgotten who that yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know. He's some washed up 
player. Some some has been that won CanCon once sometime. It's all a his <laughs> all history now. I'm actually not sure he did win. I think he's just a ghoul that is under some delusion. <laughs> he only managed to win five majors in that last year, so I won five majors too. So I don't know if it, it's not that, it's not that special, is it? <laughs> Called out by the mayor. <laughs> nah, yeah. nah. No, we love you, Adam. <laughs> cool. Okay, so. Yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to get in touch with myself, you can find me on Twitter at Wounded Mortally, or you can get in touch with James. Get me on um, <clears throat> at Duke Cadric. Uh, that's on Twitter and also on Instagram. More on Instagram than Twitter. I sort of check in a bit on Twitter, but more involved on Instagram. But um, yeah. And you can find us on our Facebook page, which is Mortally Wounded Podcast, and you can check out our website. Um, and if you haven't already, sign up to Sydney Slaughter on the 8th and 9th of June. Here in Sydney, um, I will be posting up the custom this year's custom scenario packs within the next couple of weeks, so everyone can dig their teeth into it, um, along with the flesh eaters. Yeah. So um, yeah, hopefully that'll be coming soon. Um, should be a good event. We've got eighty spots this year. I think we've got eighteen people signed up so far, so it's still plenty, um, but lots of time to go. Um, buffet lunch provided on both days. Big venue. We should be live streaming the event um for the weekend as well um and yeah we've got some cool sponsors lined up which i'll be announcing soon but yeah we should have some pretty cool prize support as well so yeah check it out yeah, nice um, and again you can find Sweet. the facebook event for that so yeah we've got um border wars in aubrey on the 26th of april as well um yes yeah, so that's right i was just about to mention that too like yeah i think it's the 27th 28th of april down yeah. in the old aubrey town Twenty, yeah, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, Saturday, Sunday. Um, all food provided for lunches. Adam keeps spruiking that drinks at genuine nineteen nineties prices or something like that. So, genuine nineteen ninety eight prices or something. <laughs> Which every time he says that, I just get pony stuck in my head because he keeps saying genuine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, so I'm really looking that forward to that. Um, I'm going. I'll be going, going along down to Border Wars. So that's that's my next tournament. I'll be building up to. So yeah, I'm getting jelly. I want to go, but yeah, I have a child. Things, so. things. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately not. But yeah, I'll have yeah. a uh, two week old baby at that stage. So, um, oh, but yeah, it's on Every the way. Time. So the missus has already organised to go stay with the parents for the weekend. She was saying the other day. So. I'm all, I think I'm all sweet to play. So I was a bit worried I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> so um yeah, so that should be a good weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Very not nice. having not having to travel for once for a tournament. <laughs> yeah. It's always a minimum at least three and a half hours for us from here. Like Melbourne, Bendigo, Canberra, Sydney. It's just every yeah, travelling all the time. So it'd be good to have one in our backyard for once. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, thanks again. Um, thanks for everyone for listening. And yeah, we hope uh, you join us for our next episode, which is going to be our next hobbyist highlight episode. And we will be talking to someone in the community that is uh, an awesome painter and they have an awesome flesh eater quartz army that they'll be talking to us about as well. So tune in for the next one. Sweet. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Till next time.